G'day rubbers, it's your boy Blake Laurie and it's time to rub one out with the lads for the weekly rub down. Hello handsome, you care for a rub down? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lip penis? Very Yeah, g'day rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast where we rub down everything NRL Supercoach Draft. You're listening to the 2022 Rub Review. I'm your host Natty, and with me as always riding shotgun in the rub is my sidekick, Wook the Stats Wizard. What's going on, sweetheart? Not much, mate. Um, the season it was. Fucking hell, it was a, it was a ripper of a season. That's it. Fun. That's enough out of you. And yeah, with us right again, right. it's been a minute. Between drinks, a favourite impact rubber off the bench. To wrap his hands around it one more time for 2022, it's the Guru. What's going on, mate? G'day, boys. Thanks for having me once again. Looking forward to uh, getting a rub down on. Uh, yeah, I'm officially out of the classic race now, so ha- happy to be a draft man again, you know? <laughs> You're back. You're back, baby. You're back. <laughs> Had to go and conquer all, all the classic boys over there. Now I've returned home. Let's do it. Did you beat, nice. did you beat Timmy? Did I beat Tim Williams? Don't waste my fucking time, Natty. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd give you a little alley-oop there. Stepped over the corpse on the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I had a little, uh, I had a play to pull myself out of the fire in the last week. He was making some real get ground on me. I had Cam Murray and stuff, and I went for a uh, a big pod play of uh, Lockie Miller. And when he scored on the on just about the last play on the weekend, uh, they got the guru home. Thank fuck. So, yeah, nice. it's a good day today with Timmy. Bit really. of a bit of a redemption redemption story after the Brian Toff fiasco. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that later, and I've got a few other you know, which you'll enjoy. But boys, as we always say, a, a win for the good guys, you know. I love it. It is. I love it. it. I love Big it. Big time. All right, I'm going to tear the scab off one. I'm thirsty as fuck. Cheers, boys. Cheers, boys. Yeah, I can't wait to see your, your story about how good you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Before we get into some calls we got right and some calls we got wrong for the season, let's talk about how we went in our, our draft comps or our main home league. Uh, we'll kick it off with you, Guru. We'll, let, we'll save me to last because uh, I know you guys will be ripping in hardcore. And I'm here to I'm here to take me licks. That's fine. That's fine. So, Guru, obviously with Ryan Pappenhausen in your side as a 14-man league, losing him was a fucking catastrophe. How did your season end up? Nah, not well. Last time I spoke to you guys, I was cruising. I was waiting for Pappy to come back. And uh, I think when I spoke to you guys last, I was sitting eighth or ninth in my comp. And I said to you guys, when I get Pappy back, I'll be completely fine. Uh, I think I was back. Once Pappy came back, I think I was back up to third within two or three weeks. My my comp was incredibly close this year. And then Pappy went down. Mm. And uh, I still managed to finish top four, which was good to say. I've nice. got a decent That's little good. record of top fours going. Uh, but... Yeah, just wasn't really able to fire a shot come finals. It all sort of slowly fell apart. It was one of those seasons where towards the back end, you know when you look at team lists and you see something little that's going to completely fuck you, but it doesn't impact anyone else, so they won't notice? Yeah. Just just little things like that kept on happening, and w- without Pappy, it was uh, it was all too hard. So I, uh, I played uh, two versus three, I think it was, week one of finals, got dusted there. Uh, by the fellow that probably should have gone on to win our comp, he choked as well. And then the next week, uh, fucking unbelievable circumstances. I was in, I, I was up by I think 
18 points with the last update to go in the game. We only had one player each. I had Matty Tomoko and the guy I was versing had Xavier Savage and uh, oh, they took it. Yeah. They took a Tomoko try assist off him and gave it to Xavier Savage and that. <sighs> So, um, mate, I, I was already making memes about the the clash I had the week after. Guys were congratulating me. It was all good. I pretty much said to the bloke I thought I'd beat, unlucky, mate. And then, oh, no. Oh, mate, I couldn't believe it. I had uh, I had, I had one of the boys that uh, – uh, one of my best mates who G's me up relentlessly. He, he missed <laughs> said, I'm, I'm actually so sorry. And then I checked what had happened and I just went, you're fucking joking. So – um, but it was one of those seasons where I didn't have a team to win it anyway, you know, so it's a bit of a uh, easier easier one to cop anyway. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's a similar story to, you know, the Nathan Cleary owners out there, the Tommy Turbo owners, picking, uh, you know, someone in your top sort of one to four and then having that player be injured for the season, it's pretty fucking hard to come back from that. Oh, yeah, it is pretty tough. We we had in our comp, uh, we had the the last four. Two of them were Latrell and Teddy owners, who were the highest left first picks um, that, that were left in the comp, and everyone expected them to win, which uh, I was sort of hoping for because those two, uh, we we actually had a box for the Allianz game the other day, the opening, the, the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. Yeah, so nice. this whole time we were thinking, how good's this? The grand final is going to be Teddy versus Latrell. Our entire draft comp is going to be there in a box with free pit. Yeah. And then by some form, I don't know how the fuck it happened, but the Teddy owner and the Latrell owner, they both lost. So we sort of ended up with the grand final we weren't anticipating. But uh, just a quick yarn for you guys, which I know you'll absolutely fucking love. Talk we're, to the box. we're all having a good night. Uh, unfortunately, Johnny Dean... One of the boys in our comp, he he was playing in the grand final, and his main player that night was Cam Murray. So he went down in the first. Ooh, yeah. obviously. So, mate, we, we all thought John Dean had a bad night, and then uh, one of the other boys who got just way too pissed for the event, he went home early, just right on full time. We, we all hung around the stadium and, and finished our fridge for a couple of hours, and uh, I was playing. I, I was playing the pokies d- down the road about three hours later, and I get this video of him in a hospital bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, fuck, what has happened here? Turns out he, uh, as he was leaving the SFS with his brother, his brother's a uh, pretty fit, you know, athletic fella. He said to his brother, he said, I bet you can't um, ride the handrail down to the bottom of the stairs. Oh, no. Oh, so his, his younger brother jumps yeah. on. He, he does it because he's a freak. He manages to get all the way through. My, my other mate, who, as I said, he, he was literally too pissed to stand. So unfortunately, here right in the fucking guts of Guru's great story of his mate Eamon um, falling down the fucking stairs. Uh, yeah, we had a bit of um, the connection lost, technical difficulties. But just to fill in the gaps here, Eamon he's tried to fucking uh, slide down the uh, the railing or whatever, pissed as ten men. He's come off. He's ridden his face halfway down the stairs smashed his thumb up it's turned out to be a compound fracture so his fucking wrist is poking through his thumb and uh yeah no good for Eamon but makes a good story anyway what he uh he, he was definitely sober enough the next day to tell his missus that he'd lost his new phone that he got during the week so uh it was a uh it was, oh, it was a experience <laughs> for him. that's oh, fan- that is fantastic Eamon you bloody legend Oh, well, it's always, if it makes a good story the next day, it's worth it, in my opinion. Oh, exactly. 
Well, um, I can't wait to see him in about three years' time when his missus lets him out again. It'll be good. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the scars the show for it. Too. Yes, I love it. All right, look, look, we, we covered your season uh, a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah. You, you got the you got the Walker Wobbles again in the finals. Your team was fantastic. You drafted well. Walker <laughs> Wobbles did, <laughs> did 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 the uh, did the the normal Walker season where you you know you're up thereabouts. You're playing really well, making some trades, winning bets. And then you get real quiet towards the end of the year and you shut down shop and you don't bet anymore. And then the wobbles start and um, it happened again. Um, so I don't think we need to cover any more in your team. Is there anything you want to add? Oh, I had a, I had a few um, shit the bed moments, just um, not not necessarily in our league, in, in the other league. Um, no, no one cares I did, a, I, did a, I did a mid-season trade and this was when we didn't have um, certainty on when Latrell was coming back. I traded out Latrell, um, and it, this is just Latrell for um, who was it? It was Taylor May when he was in prime form. Um, <laughs> Ponga when he was when he looked like he, he might be um, when he was conscious, actually, actually conscious, and, and before he'd had all, all the head knocks. And I think there was someone else. I think it was TPJ when he was actually still playing. Um, and then within the space of a month, all of the the tries just dried up for Taylor. Confirmed when um, when the troll was coming back, and then Ponga with his head knocks. And yeah, it was. I mean, it just wobbles all over the place. Doesn't matter what I made, league I it is. All, well, I made all the way to the grand final, but um, yeah, it, it hurt that one. That was a, that was a dumb move. All right, here we go. So. Yes, another grand final for the Eskimo Bros. My fifth in this league, but I've only won two. So my percentage wins in the grand final isn't great. I was pushing shit uphill in this matchup. I was up against it. And after Isaiah Papali'i went a ton in the first fucking game and they got updated to 123, that shit that I was push, pushing uphill got real sloppy and hard to handle. And after that, it was over Red Rover. I mean, there was a couple of things that went my way. Um, I had kick out. I picked, uh, you know, I started him and benched. Actually, I, I traded out cheese. So that was a good move. I picked up Luai off the waivers. That was a good move, but nothing I did mattered. And what about this guru? Captain Ben Hunt that round, round 24. <laughs> oh, oh, round 24. That was the 11, yeah. wasn't it? Correct. So I had I had the VC on Latrell. He got like seventy two, and I knew I knew I needed more than that. And I had um, my selections were Ben Hunt versus the Tigers, uh, Tino for Suamala Aoi, and fuck, who was the other one versus the Knights and Edric Lee. Edric Lee. And I mean, the decision was easy. Like statistically, it was just I didn't even really have to think about it. It was always going to be Ben Hunt, but. Thank fuck this Blake Resos. He absolutely wiped the floor with me because if it had to come down to me making a different captaincy choice and I might have won it, I, I may not be here today. <laughs> I, 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 I'd probably be in a bathtub, a red bathtub somewhere because, yeah, mate, I made a post up on socials about how I was picking my captain and how Ben Hunt was going to be my man. And the oh, cunt, that, that, that aged very, very The well. cunt was on minus four for 70 minutes. <laughs> I think by the end of the game, he, he, he ended, ended 
under 10. Yeah, he got updated to about 10 or 11. Gross. Just absolutely disgusting. So, I mean, it's thank God because, like, I look back on it. It it didn't matter what captain I picked or or who I played. He just smashed me. So it didn't matter what I did. But, yeah, it just was not my match. It just wasn't my game. No. So, but I was there. I was on the dance floor. So... I'll have to hang my hat on that, but yeah, pretty. One, one of the one of the other things that um, that was quite poignant with the whole situation was um, you had a bet with Reese, uh, Reese who won it, yeah. and um, you lost Hines, and he gave you Hunt. Yes, yes. <laughs> so ex- exactly, the sleeping assassin. Yeah, poetic. Fucking hell. That so that was best. that was the pivotal point because if I win that bet. Obviously, I keep Hines and I'd probably take Isaiah Papali'i and then most likely win that grand final. So, was it uh, was it Reese's first premiership or, or has he been there before? First, new champ, brand new champ. First, first finals as well. I think it's the first time he's paid attention to so. the league, to be honest. <laughs> I think halfway through the season when he when he, he caught on that he actually had a pretty good team, it's the first time he actually took any interest in, yeah, playing well. So, now, well, I think it was only half, halfway when he, he started to win players and he, he made up for his poor drafting. Turns out the, the people that he drafted at the start of the season, he kept four of them and they're two of four of the best players in the league. Yeah, wild. Gary, you'd have a heart attack in our league. You really would. No, I know I'm not cut out for your league, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild scenes. The, the hard thing is, once you do once you do play it like this, there's no way you can play it any other way. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just addictive. Um, yeah. You keep playing your T20 over there, I'll play my test cricket, okay? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what it is. That's what it is. All right, Guru, what was your best move for your draft team and what was your worst move? So that can be trades, that can be who you drafted or whatever. Uh, I would say probably my best move was that I um, on draft day, I spoke to you guys about it in the preseason and normally I, I pick a strategy and I stick with it for the first three picks and then I just go fucking ape shit and do whatever but I, I really stuck to a strategy this year and it was to not pick any halves hookers or front row forwards early i was going to leave them till very very late uh which i ended up doing i didn't even i drafted a hooker in i think round 17 it was my last pick uh and then first waivers i got jeremy marshall king who averaged 60 so oh, fuck. that was a huge play for me i didn't really draft any Halfback five eights. Um, I got Scott Drinkwater in round ten, so that one turned Ooh, out that's, fine. That's I, very good. Eight. Um, I also I took Satili Tupanua. I picked him up in the early rounds, and I ended up trading him a little bit later in the season to Tom Dearden. Um, oh, nice. What a move. What a move. Yeah. And then I also didn't draft any front row forwards till the very end. I took your fucking idiot friend, Blake Laurie, who shit me (laughs) once again at the start of the season. But I did manage to pick up Max King as well off the waiver wire. Very good. Very good. um, Yeah, I I think all the positions that I left, which was a little bit risky, I just backed myself to find on the waiver wire. And in some instances, um, I got lucky, but uh, put myself in positions to – fill those places so i do think that if puppy would have stayed in my side i would have had a good shot at it but in saying that if the guy that had you know nathan cleary kept nathan cleary he'd be in the same boat same as tom turbo all those guys Mm, uh yeah considering how well i did on the waiver wire it was a pretty disappointing way to end the season but i think i bowed out when i probably should have realistically 
Fuck. Some of those, yeah, some of those moves you made in the waiver wire and free agents, that's that's very sexy. That's that's right in your wheelhouse too, Guru. Yeah, the the, the, the drink water one might have been one of the more guru plays of all time. Yep. Wait fucking X amount of weeks, play the long game, and th- thankfully it played paid dividends. Not enough, but it uh, it was mm. a good move. I enjoyed it. Lovely. All right, Wooker, what was your best move, your worst move? Uh well, I, I touched on my worst move before in one of the leagues, but um, just what, talk about the one that matters, mate. The one that matters. Well, one of the, one of the ones that matters. Um, Surely you don't have a worse move than that fucking trade. That trade ended up pretty bad. It was a three for one trade, and I, it, I thought at the time, killing it. Um, you got sold some magic beans at the market. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Now, worst move for me is is picking up stags. Um, yeah, I, I I threw out. I think it was in both of the leagues a four and a five pick. That could have made a lot of difference. Both you two were big on stags, Dick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I took him seven rounds. So yeah, that was that. that, He probably was one of my bigger mistakes too. I'll Um, do it next year though. No doubt about it. (laughs) Well, he's got he's got to inject himself in the game a bit more. He's he's just. Yeah. Anyway. I, I was saying to Tim Williams the other day, I've got to avoid that highlight of him palming you and Aitken into the oh, next, no. uh, next month. Because if I see that once, it's over. I've already drafted him. I know. I know. Um, and that's been, that's that was running through my head as well. Um, but yeah, like I had I had some really good, really good pickups. So I drafted Dillbags quite late. I drafted Tapanay at pick 99. Um, that's ridiculous. That that yeah, is one of your huge. best. That is that big. was that that's was huge. that was from from the from the rafters, mate. Yep. It, was, it was good. And um, I can't believe you 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 left him that late because I knew you were really big on him as well. Oh, so. I, was, I was huge on him, but there were, there were a few other players that were, like I I I was surprised Satili went so late, and I I for whatever reason I went Satili over over him because I thought Satili was going to have a good season as well, but um, obviously he got he got injured halfway through. Um, I think I actually traded him out for someone else um, anyway through the season. But, yeah, I was I, I made a few moves on the waivers as well. So I picked up Cotter off the waivers, um, Tohu Harris, uh, Ezra Mam, um, Ramian even off the waivers. So, yeah, I was pretty active on a few things. Um, actually picked up Firma in one of the last, um, last rounds as well. So, yeah, there were some good moves, but, um, yeah, just not enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that tap and A draft is very nice. Mm. Boys, I, I love my Latrell draft. Um, I love mm. where I got him. I think I got him uh, Walker, can you tell me six? Six? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm ve- I was very happy with that. But my favorite movie my my favorite move with Latrell was sticking it out. Sticking out those twelve weeks when everyone was offering me trades, like I got offered um uh, Will Kennedy, I think someone offered me Scott Drinkwater at one point, um, and I just stuck it out and stuck it out. And obviously, when he got back, um, what did he go below ninety twice? He, yeah, he had a, he had a fifty-point really game did, and a seventy-point really game. So he he literally took me all the way to the grand final because I captained him every single week. So sticking it out with Latrell, my boy. And the one thing about Latrell, I I'm a huge Latrell fan. Like I love to watch him play, and just having him in my super coach side um, just made the whole experience um, better for me. And and you know him being my best player coming back, you know watching that doco that he they put up on the the mm. bunnies social media. I I was whipped up. I had the Latrell Mitchell fucking fever. Trell Mitt 
just tattoo it on my fucking forehead. I was all about him. So that was that was my favorite move. Um, I made a few good waiver wire pickups throughout the year. I got Carrigan off the waiver wire um, for a while there. He was putting up 70 points a game, which was fantastic. I picked up... I had... No Faluma, dropped him, then picked him up again when he went back to the Storm, so I liked that. Um, but yeah, nothing goes past Luttrell for me. My worst move, no doubt it comes down to Schuster in the third round. It, I think out of all three of us, I've taken the cake there. Round three. It was, a, it, was a, it was a fourth round, man. Oh, fourth round. Okay, still, still, that's fucking bad. Because, I, you know, I, I, I actually reckon your best move was Blake Braley. You oh yeah, when did I get him? Pick one fifty. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that, that is was, that, that is was pretty good. Swinging from the fucking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because what did he end up with the sixty average or something like that? Yeah, like that's pretty sexy. Yeah. Um, but Schuster just completely fucked me because <laughs> I had big plans for him yeah. in my five eight position. I thought he was going to come in, um, play edge back row, eighty minutes a game, as we all did. We thought we'd have mm. a really good season. Um, and of course he got injured, and then he came back, and it was the beast who ate Josh Schuster, and then he continued to play twelve minutes a game for the rest of the season. What a cock up that was. Especially when I look back on it and there was guys like Joey Manu in round four who I was huge on, who I mm-hmm. definitely would have taken in round four if it wasn't for Josh Schuster. So, yeah, big mistake there. And that sort of put me behind the eight ball early on because I didn't really have anyone else in that 5-8 position. I think I had Walters there um, to begin with. So yeah, you're, you're in a bit of Barney rubble in, in, in that position with Walters. And, um, I think it was Sexton at the time. So yeah, it was, um, it, it was rough. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just loved Latrell this year. Um, it's the first time I've had him in my, my side and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. All right, boys. You've got to come up with some air soon, aren't you? Hey, <laughs> you've got to come up with some air soon, don't you? Mate, you know that I can Mate, talk you, you know, you know, you know that he can, um, he can suck himself off for the, the next week without coming up there. I wasn't sure which, uh, he uses, he uses the thing as a fucking stalker. <laughs> I've got, I'm missing a couple of ribs, boys. I can go down there. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. All right, let's get into these positions. All right, so hooker first up. Um, so if for each position, uh, Wooker and I put out our big balls calls. Um, so I'll go through them at the start and then we'll get into our booms, bust, sleepers, and then who impressed. So for hooker, um, Wooker, your big balls call was Cook will be the second best averaging hooker. You were huge on him. You sold me on him. Then I was big on him. We're all over Cook's dick. Uh, tell me, did he, you get it he, right? I got it hundred percent right. Bang. But he didn't Bang. get he didn't get up to the heights that I was hoping. I was I was hoping to get over eighty. He ended up with a seventy five point two average. So nothing to sneeze. Um, well, did any hooker get over eighty? No. No, no, no. Grant, Grant even even, Harry, even Grant was only seventy seven point six. So, mate, we were on the money. Love it. love it, love it, love um, it. My big balls call was Connor Watson to average more than Marnie. Now, originally, I thought, wow, I'm going to be so far off this one. Then I looked at it and I was like, actually, heaps fucking closer than I thought it was going to be. I think Marnie two. two. Points, <laughs> <laughs> mate. If there was two more rounds in the season, I get it. Yeah, and that's the thing they they both performed so fucking poorly. Yeah, that's the reason. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, look. I'm happy. Uh, what was Watson's average? About fifty. Watson was fifty-two. 
Yeah, okay. And Look, I, 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 that's higher than I thought it'd be. So I definitely got well. We we both got kind of Watson wrong, but mm. I thought I thought that was yeah. that was. But I think we were really low on Reed Marnie. I think we got that right. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Tell you what, you got made to look good by uh, Reed's last month of football, just quietly. I know. What was his five round average? Like 30. 35, 32, 34 in his last three games. (laughs) Yuck. And that's playing 80 minutes? Uh, Pretty much so, yeah. 80, 67, 55. So, yes. um, His his five round average is 38. So, yes. I'll get get 32 Supercoach points this weekend with one calf. Easy. (laughs) Easy. Um, all right, let's talk about some booms, busts, and sleepers. So booms, obviously we had Cook. That's a big tick for us. I mean, yeah. really, is did it, did he beat his average from last year, Wooker? Uh, what did he get? So. Like he got low seventies. He might have just beaten it. Um, but I, I think he he outperformed um, people's ex- expectations for this year. He had a really good year. Uh, Guru, you had Grant. Now, Grant ended up on 77.6. Do you consider that a boom or a bust? Mate, I was just about to say, we picked the two best hookers in Supercoach by a country mile as our booms. What fucking cowards picks just quietly? Well, they, they you, were, could, were, you, could, you could say that or you could say that we've got it fucking bang on. I, I think we can do better than that next year, just quietly. I'm, I'm a little <laughs> disappointed in that. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the win. I'll take the win where I can get it. But um, um, did you think up the top hooker? So I, I mean, seventy-eight. I, I probably thought he'd go for more. To be honest with you, I thought he'd be. I thought they'd both be in the eighties. To be honest, I, I didn't think Cook would be, but I, I thought Grant would be. I, I sort of thought Cook would be around um, 73, 75 sort of mark. But I, I've never been as high on Cook. But Grant, uh, yeah, I, I thought he'd bust into the eighties spot there. I thought Grant would definitely be in the eighties. Well, I mean, in the in the last in the last five years. Um, Cook has only averaged under 70 once, and that was last year. Yeah, right. Okay. So, he's, so it is he's a pretty, pretty, pretty somewhat dependable. Yeah. So he did average under 70 last year. Uh, yeah, 65. Oh, fuck. We'll take that. That's a, yeah. that's a 10 Bill, point Bill increase. Bill, he's averaged by 10. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. All right. Um, busts. So we had McInnes. Um, I like that. Uh, everyone was expecting him to be that 75-point average player. We knew he wouldn't be. He wasn't. Uh, he looked really yeah. good when Finucane was out and he was getting decent minutes. Uh, and we did say this in the preseason that his super coach output will be heavily tied to the amount of minutes he gets. If he doesn't get 80, he won't be that relevant. And people were talking about him early round two, um, you know, picking him there, and we're just like, guys, you need to fucking lay off him. And I think we got that one right. Yeah, and like you said, it came down to minutes, and I think if um, Finucane played the full season without getting suspended, injured and such, he would have played even less minutes, and I think his average would have been deflated even more. Yeah, I agree. What was your thoughts on McInnes, Guru? Uh, I mean, yeah, like the, the, the average is 58, but uh, I mean, like uh, first three games, I mean, what his first, I think five out of his six first games, he didn't go above 50, which we thought we sort of anticipated him coming back from injury and stuff. I think if you were... Drafting Cam McInnes, you were drafting him for the back end of the season, and I thought in the back end he was he was pretty good. You look from like round fourteen onwards, uh, not many sub fifty games, a lot of you know hot, uh, above sixty games in the back end there. But uh, the average as a whole, which is what we're talking about, um, yeah, I'd agree with you. He, he was probably a bust across the whole season, but 
for when you needed him, he did pretty well on the back end. Like his mm-hmm. last four games, finals, 79, 55, 70, 64. Um, for, for where you probably drafted Cam McInnes, I would have taken that for for, for the uh, finals run. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, he was just so hyped, wasn't he? Um, yeah, he was overhyped. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. He was coming off that 70-whatever-it-was um, season, and yeah, it was always going to be hard to live up to. It was good and, to see to him. Be, it was yeah, good to see Sorry, Nat, you, you go. go. I was just going to say, it was good to see him because I wasn't sure how he would fit into this 13 role, uh, whether he'd just be a tuck and run bloke or if we'd see him a bit of ball playing. And, and so, sort of towards the end of the season, we did see a little bit of that ball playing, which was good to see. Yeah, he, he did better this year than what I thought he would. I, I, I completely agree with you guys at the start of the season. But uh, as we got further and th- further through the season, and you know, you got to all take into consideration the Sharks did have a fair whack of injuries, suspensions and stuff at the end of the season, which helped him. But um, that's what happens in footy, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Mate, you had Turpin. What a cowardice pick that was. Well, yeah. mate, I'm, I'm looking at so many of these picks going, what the fuck was I doing? I mean, <laughs> fucking, but I don't know. Were, were, were people high on Turpin in the preseason? I've got no idea. I don't think, I don't think anyone's been high on Turpin from Supercoach's perspective ever. Seems like a weird fucking pick for me to have, a very obvious one. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, got it right, guys. Yeah, How good? Yeah, bang, yeah, you, killed it, you killed it, mate. Big reserve graders will reserve it. Big tick for Turpin. Um, and then the Sleepers, which – at this point of the season when we did this podcast, both these guys that we picked were, they were sexy sleepers. We went with Billy Walters and Guru, you went with Starling. Um, and both of these players, obviously with Walters, um, we weren't sure at this point whether he was going to get the six, whether uh, Albert Kelly was going to get it. Um, and obviously with that dual eligibility, we were all really fucking hyped on him. And then with Starling, we thought he'd be a... Um, you know, a, a not a good 80, impact. Eighty minute hooker, or at least, um, at least starting. Uh, well, a hundred percent, yeah. So, um, what was your thought on these two, Guru? Um, yeah, I was actually I was pretty high on Walters coming into the season. I've always thought that he's a better nine than he is ball player, and you know the trials sort of indicated that once again, but. I don't know. He just never really kicked on, did he? Um, it was pretty disappointing from Walters, and then Starling. My whole argument here was that you could you could go him a little bit early and you could hope for an injury. Um, and, oh, Tim Williams you got it. You today, got it. Well, mate, I, 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 Tim Williams said today that, that Josh Hodgson got injured in in the seventh minute of the season or something like that. I don't remember the exact time, but you know, Starling had a perfect opportunity this year to be an absolute superstar um, and did absolutely fuck all. They managed to pull um, Wolford. Mate, I, I remember watching Wolford play uh, third grade rugby union up here in Sydney two years ago, and then all of a sudden he was running out as the starting hooker for the Canberra Raiders. It was unbelievable. Isn't and- he a fucking clone of his dad? And you know what? To their credit, I had the old man Simon on my podcast two years ago, and I remember he was coaching England. I said, oh, and you know, you you could tell by this point that Zach was sort of out of opportunities. It wasn't looking good. And like, I've always really liked Zach. He played in a Canterbury side a few years ago that I had a mate in. So I watched him for the whole season and he was up at Newcastle. They tried to turn him into a lock and it just wasn't fucking working. I remember saying to Simon, why don't you bring him over? And he said, he said to me off mic, he said, oh, I could. And I know he'd be the best hooker in my team, but I just want him to find his own way. He'll work it out. And two years later, he's playing like he's a starting hooker for the Canberra Raiders. It's an unbelievable story. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, 
when he was when he was on, he was playing well. I mean, he they were, he was sharing minutes pretty heavily with Starling, which you know it stifled both mm-hmm. of their Supercoach output. But fuck, he looked good, really robust hooker. Gets through plenty of defense, just exactly like his old boy. Is there any more? Is there anything more frustrating when you're a draft player than just seeing a nine jersey completely wasted in this competition? I know. Oh, God, yeah. When there's when there's so few decent nines from a Supercoach perspective, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, two guys there that had all the potential in the world and both fell on their face. Uh, Guru, who impressed you the most at the hooking spot, and who who's on your radar for next draft? Uh, well, obviously, mate. As I said, I picked up Jeremy Marshall King, so he was the only hooker I watched the entire season because he played every single game. So. I was uh, I was very very blessed in that regard. He'll be going up to the Dolphins. I think mm. he'll be minute nine there. Uh, once again, I'm not going to go early on a hooker. I think there's a really good chance I go back to back with uh, Jeremy Marshall King. I just unless you're getting Cookle Grant, I just don't see value in the position. Like I have a look at like especially now that Ben Hunt isn't a hooker either. Like I have a look around our comp and you know got all these early picks on you know your Reed Marnies and these sort of guys and for where you drafted them for me they just didn't cut it so. Hooker's another position that I'm pretty confident looking at it right now, unless I end up in a position where, you know, I'm picked 10 or 11 and I end up with Grant or Cook. I just can't say, well, Brett, I, I go a hooker early. So I'll probably be leaving it at this stage, to be honest with you guys. And it's only going to get worse as well because Cotter's going to lose the hooker. McInnes is going to lose the hooker because he played the whole season at, at lock. It's it's just going to get a lot, a lot more difficult. And you've also got Abby Curacao. He be like he goes to the Tigers, so he'll be less relevant now, in my opinion. Mm. And then you got Mitch yeah, Kenny, Sonny. Yeah. So like, it, it, there's even less options now. It's uh, it's going to be scary. As we say, it feels like we say it every year, but it seems <laughs> like it literally gets scarier every single year. Hooker, it's crazy. Could be could be AA again for 2023. Just run with yeah. an AA. Quite possible. Good boy. Walker, who impressed you, mate? Who's on your radar? Um, well, obviously, Cotter, Cotter impressed me, but I think, like, we all kind of knew what he he had to offer at the start of the season. We were pr- quite quite big on him and you, especially Guru. Um, the one that the one that really impressed me um, from his output and how he played was coming back from injury, Jaden Braley. Um, yeah, he sort of hit the ground running. His, his, his brother as well, obviously, broke, um, both Blake and and Jaden played really good through the season. I'm, I, I think Blake Braley for me is the one that impressed me the most. He had a fantastic season. Little bit inconsistent, obviously. He had some games where he went sub fifty, but then again, he had some games where he went ninety plus. Um, I think how this this front row um, and this middle of this Sharks pack is starting to look with Royce Hunt just looking like an absolute hulking beast and gets fitter every time I see him play. And then you've got Braden Hamlin, Ueli. These guys who run really tough, hard lines close to the chalk. Braley, nice little ball off the hip. It's just going to be a lot of super coach points for him. Obviously, that value isn't going to be there that was there this year. Mm, uh, you're going yeah. to have to take him a little bit early, but I, I, I really was impressed with Blake Braley. And for me, obviously, getting him so late, um, it was a gift. I mean, there's a lot of points on offer with the Sharks, and we'll see that next season as well. So, yeah, I think they'll, build, they'll build from this year. Just uh, you obviously mentioned Blake. He had a tremendous season, mate. I reckon Jaden has flown under the radar unbelievably. Mm. He came back and he played well. His first three scores were 47, 39, 26. Then he found his match fitness. 
His last five games of the season, he went 59, 72, 66, 71, 82. And he's he, played, he played 80 minutes. Yeah, and he was playing in a team going like a fucking busted asshole. He finished with a five-round average of 70 to finish the season. So he is one guy to seriously watch next year, Jaden yeah. Rayleigh. I think he could be the real value pick as far as hookers go. I love that. I love that play. I wonder which Rayleigh brother I'm going to pick next next year, <laughs> Wooker. I had Jaden. Another one coming through the Sharkies. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, there? Exactly. There's one more to come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get him in my side for 2023. He'll average 70 in my team. The Brayleys love <laughs> playing for the bros. Love um, it. What are you guys' thoughts on um, Marnie's move to the doggies? Do you reckon it's going to be a um, be a winner, or do you reckon he's going to just? <clears throat> I, I think he'll be okay. There, he's obviously been pretty disappointing at Parramatta this year. I, mm. It's hard to get like there was no real reason why Marnie played. Not to his absolute. I mean, he still finished with an average of fifty-five. But I, I don't know. Did, did you guys did, get you a think it wasn't his I, best? I think it's. I think it's because of the the resurgence of um, Dillbags. Because I think. He obviously hasn't had to – he's been more playing more of a distributor role rather than mm. having to come up with a play. And, well, that's my read of it anyway. I reckon I reckon it's because the forward pack were playing too lateral this season. In all honesty, when that, that forward pack is going hard and straight, that's when Reid Marnie plays his best football. That's when he's darting at a dummy half. He's putting blokes on the inside. He's putting on try assists close to the line. That's when he's playing his best football. When they start getting a little bit too side to side – there's no real go forward to for Marnie to play off the back of. So mm. I think that's been his Achilles heel this year. Mate, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Over the last month, I think Parramatta have played some really good footy. They've obviously given it to some average teams. But for me, when you, and I agree with you, when you watch Parramatta, you can tell in the first five minutes if they're going to win or lose by the first three hit-ups of Junior Borlo and Regan Campbell-Gillard. And, but I feel like over the last month, they, they went really direct. They went really straight. And, Reed's last three games, he, he didn't go above 35 in any of them. I I find it really hard to put my feet like one of you or both of you could be right, but I I find it hard to put my finger on exactly what the fuck happened to Reed this year. I just it could, it could be a combination of both, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, the the strange thing is to get 35 super coach points now that for him where you're making 50 tackles a game actually just doesn't make sense mathematically. Like, how is he only getting 35 supercoach points when he's making that many tackles? It's Yeah, it's it's hard to get a read on. And like, uh, as you mentioned, Walkie, if his issue was that he was going straight to Dill Brown, mate, tell me the entire fucking game plan next year isn't going to be get the ball in Burton's hands ASAP. Yeah, so, right. and, that's, and that's the concern that I've got about um, bringing the next season. So, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot to think about because then, then you've got um, – um, uh, Brandon Smith. So he'll be he'll be going into the starting hooker position. You'd expect. And Reed Marnie is a classic guy. Why I don't draft hookers because there's so much mystery and where you're going to have to go him simply because he's a nine. It's just not worth it for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that is a that is a, a good tip early on to just if you don't get those top two guys, just wait. Spend your money elsewhere. Um, all right, guys, let's move on to the front row forward position. So you alluded to it earlier, Guru. We're all on the same page here when we said, look, we're just going to fucking leave front row forwards to very last. And we're talking sort of round 13, round 14 plus. Now, the big balls cause the rub down. Uh, Wooker, you had Lindsay Collins 65 plus, no go. I had Paul Vaughan 60 plus, no go. But look, front row forward was a fucking weird position. Like, it's a shit position anyway. But this year, it was 
fucked. It's it was the worst I've seen it um, in all the years I've played Supercoach. It was just really hard to get. It was it was hard to get one front row forward that would get you fifty to fifty five consistently every week. To get two was impossible. Yeah, oh, mate. I I spent our waiver wire on a Wednesday morning every fucking Tuesday night for twenty five weeks was looking through. Fucking front row forwards that without a doubt would get me 37 every single week. It was an absolute punish this year. And just and just a weird outcome. Do you know what I mean? We had a huge resurgence of Tino for Suomala Al. He had a fantastic oh, yeah. season. Dave Clemmer back to his best in the second half of the season there. Joe Offengawi. Fucking weird. Where the fuck yeah. did he come from? Um, so just a weird old season. The booms that we had, we were huge on Stefano. I think everyone was. Everyone had big expectations for him at the Tigers after that sort of last nine, ten games that he had of 2021. He didn't live up to um, all the expectations, obviously, with some injuries, and then he wasn't getting the minutes. Uh, it just didn't work out for him. Guru, and, he playing, and he was playing for the Tigers. That's fair. That's fair. Guru, you had AFB. And we were also very big on AFB. We were actually pretty big on the yeah, Warriors yeah. as a whole. Um, AFB, what do you think about his season? No, nah, very disappointing. I, uh, I'm i making a rule from now on. I'm never picking an explosive front row forward again because you have to go them way too early. And I just I don't see the value in it this year. Mate, even if I got Payne Haas this year, I would have been disappointed. Like, I just – it's – such a fucking wasteland. Like, you look at Payne Haas and, you know, he's the best front row forward you can get. And he averaged 10 more points than Adam Fanua Blake. And I'm incredibly disappointed with AFB. I just, I don't see the value in this position at all anymore. As I said, like, for me, waking up on a Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock and seeing I got fucking Jacob Saifidi for the fifth time this season off the waiver wire, it was just a nightmare. <laughs> I'm putting... I'm putting AFB, Junior Borlo, all these guys in the same basket of I'm just never drafting them again because they are constant disappointments. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's a kind of a position, and it'll be a kind of a position next year. Again, I won't be touching them till very late. All right, boys, time to take our licks here. Busts. So the only reason we as the rub, oh the only reason we as the rub took Siwa uh, Takiaho here is because you already picked Isaiah Papali'i. But we we're all big on Isaiah being a huge bust, the biggest bust of 2022. We we're all fucking shouting it from the mountaintops, and didn't he punch us right in the cock hole? Yeah, you, you more than anyone. Yep. So ended up with a 79 average. He just killed it all year, didn't he? He was amazing, yeah. and none of us saw this coming. No, exactly. And, look, he he showed all the doubters that, um, look, he, he's one of the hardest running players in the game as well. So I think he was the um, the VV hard-earned the second year in a row. Um, saw that today on the roast. So, look, I... He's an incredible player. I thought that um, it was going to be a bit of a um, yeah. Well, we all thought he was going to be in the middle. In the middle, he's going to play fifty minutes in the middle, and yeah, we thought that you know Matto was going to play on an edge, and then Lane would take the other edge, and he he would sort of rotate through the middle with Nathan Brown. Um, So uh, yeah, fuck, got to take our licks there. That was a that was a big. Big no-no well, he's got from his, us. He's got his bag to pack now, though, doesn't he? I will say this, though. Because of us, I'm sure a lot of people got Isaiah Papali'i at fantastic value. 
Well, <laughs> not in my comp that got him last year. He got him again this year. I'm not sure if you remember, but when he got him last year was in round 17, and he thought he drafted Josh Papali. Um, <laughs> and then we realized he had the best front row forward, second row forward in Supercoach. That was a real kick in the dick. He drafted him again this year, and I sort of looked at him on draft day and just went, you're fucking mad. He drafted him, I think, round two. Uh, which I'm sorry, boys. Did that end up being value or what? Yeah, 100% it did. Yeah, big time. Bizarre. Well, he, he averaged 79. Yep, like, and he, that's, a, that's a top. That's a top 10 player. Yeah, that's a consistently well, like 79 and, at consistency. Can get over 100 on any given week. Yeah. So it's yeah, mad, mad. Oh, when, God. We, uh, when we come back in a few months to do the preview for 2023, I'll be hitting Command C, Command V, copy and paste on Papa Lee is a bust. Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that that's that's coming into a different structure though. Yeah. Oh, I'll, oh, mate, I'm just going to let him go go through to the keeper. I won't be yeah, saying gonna, anything about him. I'm not going to mention that. He's not a boom, he's not a bust. I'm not going to mention the cunt's name at all in all, any preseason shit. Oh, I'll tell you what, if you do take him next year or the person who, if you are someone in your comp that's having a look at him, I, I think you need to get Adam Dewey as well. I think you need to add. So if you're going to go one, you got to... You gotta go in on both one hundred percent. Nice. Yeah, that would there. be a stack and a half, wouldn't it? Yep, yeah, for sure. He, and look, we might get to it a bit later, but fuck, do we look good this season? At times. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, it's anyway, just we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, at, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's get into the sleepers for front row forward. Um, look, we had Joy Arrow. I'm happy with that. Um, he. What did he end up on? Better. He kind of. He kind of did exactly what we were expecting, like around the fifty mid fifties. Um, did exactly exactly what you needed if you draft him in your front row spot, which we said to do. So yeah, we're, we're quite happy with that. Yep, I'll take that. And uh, Guru, you had Aaron Panay. Uh, yeah, he's still sleeping. Someone wake him up. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's very sleepy pick that one. Very sleepy. No, I, what year time, did I, you? I agree, I agree with that because like he, he looked good at the back end of um, when he was playing for the Storm. He looked in the last few games he played. A few I, I, really I will good just games. say this about Aaron Penney. Uh, I think he's a classic guy that I'm going to judge him. Like I was wrong this season. I'm happy to wear that, but I'm going to judge him once he plays his fiftieth first grade game. Uh, I just think he'll start to work his way into it. He's played 24 games at the moment, so I think 2024 might be the year. So do, so do yeah. we want to hold off this judgment until we can get the 50 seat? 50 no, no, no. I'm more than happy to wear it because I, I, I thought he'd do well last year, but I just think he's a guy that over time, I think more and more you're seeing in this modern game, you have all these superstars that come in their first game and they're fucking sensational. They're the only ones we talk about, but then you've got all these other guys that when they hit about game 50, they just tend to find themselves in first grade and get a little bit more comfortable, and I think he might be one of them. Mm. That's my fault, Guru. I, I probably didn't sort of lock it down at the start of that podcast and say these are the sleepers for 2022. You've obviously yeah, that's on you, mate. Yeah, you've obviously <laughs> picked a sleeper for 2026. Um, so we'll come back to that because um, you might be right. You might be right. I guarantee you I have Aaron Penne in a sleepers category in the next two or three years. <laughs> you watch. Another copy paste, eh? <laughs> um, all right. Who impressed you uh, in the front row forward position, Guru? Who's on your radar for next year? Um, I've already mentioned him because I had him this year, but Maxi King uh, yeah, over at the yeah. Canterbury Bulldogs. Paul Vaughan's obviously going to be leaving. Um, yeah. So I think Max King, he could be the one to take up a fair whack of minutes. I personally think Tavita Pangai Jr. must be on borrowed time. Mm. I sort of – I'm not quite sure what's going on with Luke Thompson, but um, – 
We had we had uh, on beers and break evens. We had our, one one of our sponsors come on today, one one of the owners of that company, and he's uh, he's pretty well connected to the Bulldogs, and he reckons that Luke Thompson will one hundred percent be there, and everything's okay there. Okay. Um. So, but anyway, I still think those two will be the starting front rowers. I think TPJ is on borrowed time. So Maxi King, he'd be uh he'd be my pick in the front row for next year. Yeah, I love Maxi King. I did have him for the majority of the season in my front row spot. Um. Yeah, huge engine, gets through a lot of work, has a sneaky offload, made a few line breaks as well. I was supremely happy with him. Uh, I think I got him free agent as well. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've got big wraps on him, and I'll be looking for him in next – because he will be – with that average of sort of 50 – what was it, 52 or something like that, um, you know, people are going to sleep on him, and you will get him for value. Yeah, for sure. Wook, who impressed you, mate? Who are you looking at next year? Um – it's a tough one, but there weren't too many that impressed me. Um, I think at times um, twelve impressed me, but he obviously had a real shit start, um, shit end to the season, and he definitely paid it off. Tavita Tatola, yeah. Um, I think with Nichols with Nichols leaving um, up to the Dolphins next season, maybe that that gives him a couple of extra minutes. Um, and I think what how old Sturgis is he? Is he getting towards the back end of his career as well? Surely. He would have to be, yeah. So, so, so still going good though. Still going good, and look, he's still still providing impacts. But um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the um, it's such a dire position um, that yeah, I think Totola definitely had a cracker end of the season. So his five round average at the back end of the season was fifty seven, ended on a 50, 51. So yeah, he's definitely a guy that you you won't have to spend the earth for. But yeah, I, I think. <laughs> We, we we should really be looking at guys that are um that are a bit bit lower than that that have probably not not going to look to be picked up. So maybe maybe um uh, Lindsay Collins is probably one that you'll be able to get a bit cheaper. And TKO he's not obviously going to be there next season. Rhea Hargreaves is is on one leg, um the other leg is in the nursing home, and yeah, I, I reckon um they'll be running off um. A bit of good ball from Smith, and I think, yeah, I think the cheese is going to make a bit of a difference to that um, that full pack. Yeah, I don't Fuck, mind that. I, I'm worried about Lindsay Collins, eh? You reckon? Oh, mate, what, he's what, just, what, in what well, way? The, just the constant HIAs oh, and yeah. how how cautious yeah, the Roosters are. It's true. They are they are the most cautious of the ball clubs. So yeah, um, yeah, he 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 worries me a little bit, but I think there is an opportunity there at the Roosters. I sort of said today on beers and break evens that my guy for next year, I'd probably be because I'm worried about. Um, Colin's missing so much footy with HIAs and whatnot. Egan Butcher could really be the one to mm. jump into uh, prominence there. Um, yeah, there, there'll be an inch. There, there, there'll be someone at the Roosters that, that's going to get a good opportunity. Mm. I, I 100% agree because look, if, um, at some point they're going to need a, a real hitman out there, and I think if Collins doesn't have his head issues, he's definitely that guy um, and, and can offer that. Um, in place of Rio Hargreaves when he when he isn't able to play, so yeah, I'm I'm big on Collins, but yeah, I think Egan Egan Butcher he played so well in the last month, um, so yeah, it's it's interesting one. Boys, I love Tino for Malawi um, this season. Uh, mm. with 67 average. Uh, oh, look, I can't remember what he averaged last season, but uh, I can't imagine it was up that high. But um, I owned him towards the end of the season, so obviously I was taking a, a pretty close look at his games. His engine is fucking ridiculous. The amount of minutes he's play- he plays at that high 
tempo, high octane middle role is crazy. Mm. And his ability to maintain that effort as well is crazy. I thought, yeah, I was just super impressed with him. Now, I don't know if Titans continue to play him at with those big minutes. Um, if they do, he'll continue to pump out big scores. But not only that, his ability to... to make line breaks, uh, put blokes in holes, like a very skillful mm. player as well. Um, so I loved him. Um, and the guy that f- just came from nowhere was Joe Fungawi, and he was super consistent um, yeah. for most of the season. Um, so guys that picked him up off free agents. And we talked about him a lot in the Waiver Wire podcast, Wilco, because he was a low percentage. Shocked for how long that he was? He was below 35% ownership for like 10 weeks. And we're like, guys, yeah. you need to get... Need to get Joe off and Gary. Um, so, yeah, two guys um, that really impressed me. But, again, look, I'm not looking at front row forwards until late, late, late. So it depends who's going to be there. All right, let's get into the 2RF spot. So we had in our big balls calls, Walker, you had uh, Raymond Fatalamara to get 65+. plus. Yeah, and- he did not. He did not. No, no. He looked good when he came back. Look, uh, he, but- looked, he, look, he looked really good. But yeah, I wasn't when we when we did this um, podcast. I we hadn't had the chat with Brian, and yeah, he, he kind of schooled us up on a few of the issues with that foot injury that he had. Yeah. Um, and then I had Pretty Ricky to go 60-plus and get eight-plus <laughs> tries. Nowhere oh, near dude. it. Nowhere near it. So we missed, uh, missed it by a mile there in our big balls calls. Booms, I think we both fucking nailed it here, boys. Uh, the rub, we went uh, Shmoli Olakawatu, who was fucking huge. We were big on him. I didn't think he'd go that well. Like, he absolutely killed it. And then, Guru, obviously, your boy Ruben Cotter, you were sucking his dick all the way down to the Chewy Center all preseason, and it came off. Throat is still very tender. Very tender. <laughs> nah, nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Even yeah, came out with it. the bloody origin call. I mean, please. Yeah. That was that was a big run. Very yeah. good. If you throw enough darts, you'll hit a board eventually. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> this is the game we're in. This is the game we play. Um, so we both nailed that. I, 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 think, um, I think that was really, really good. Busts. We had kick out. Now... Yeah. I don't think he was a bust. I don't think he was a boom. I think he just did more of what he usually does. Some games he scores 35. Some games he scores 100. 85. Yeah. So I think I think as a bust, we got it wrong. Um, but definitely not a guy that presented he wasn't, value. He wasn't, he wasn't a boom. No, no, 100%. And then, Guru, you had don't touch the air edge back rowers from the Raiders being um, CHN and Hudson Young. Now you're half right. You're, you're half right. Well, yeah, I think my wording on this one was one of these will be a bust yeah. uh, and the other one I love. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love both of these blokes, but I just – I couldn't – yeah, for where you had to draft both of these guys for the upside they had, um, it was it was a 50-50 roll of the dice. And uh, obviously Hudson Young, he turned out to be the one to get, but if you had CHN – very, very tough. Just on kick out, as you said, like I was just having a look through some of his numbers and like I, I just love the ball playing that he added to his game this year. And you have a look through his numbers and, you know, my, my impression has always been, you know, he can go 30 or he can do this. He played 22 games this year and he only had four thirties. So he's had a, he's had a pretty decent year kick out. I, I wouldn't say he's, he's been a boom. I agree with you. Um, but I definitely think if you got him this year, I, I definitely think it, it was a good pick to have him this year. 
Oh, yeah, I, I agree. The, the one thing that's always, like, irked me about picking up um, Kikau is you've got to wear the 30s and the 40s and all that, but his ceiling isn't that high. So he only nudged 100 twice. Yep. And when I yep. say nudged 100, 102. So it, it's one of those ones where you, you're not really getting the diamond, you're just getting a decent score. Yeah, that, that is true, to be fair, because, fuck, I remember looking back at some of his games and just thinking, my God, he couldn't have possibly played better there. Like, some some, some yeah. of the, the the amount of tries that he put some of those boys over, this is where I think as well, and we'll talk about him later, but him going onto that left edge, it could be really interesting for uh, Josh Adokar. He's obviously already got that great combination with Matt Burton. You throw a kick out in there with the ball playing that he showed at Penrith this year. Uh, Josh Adokar, he, he, he could be a decent little grab to score a few meaties for Canterbury next I year. definitely don't like I don't mind that at all. Mm, that is sexy, actually. I love that take. Um, all right, boys, sleepers. We had Satili Tupanur, which I think we both had. We were both pretty big on Satili um, as a as a sleeper. We yep. think we thought you know he would slip past that round five, round six, um, and that would be supreme value for him, which it was. Um, I, I, I picked him up round eight, and yeah, I was I yummy. was real happy about that. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, he played well this season. Obviously, ended up with an injury, but he did what we said he was going to do, which was run fantastic lines and score tries. Uh, Guru, you had uh, Jack, is it Howarth? Yeah, Jack Howarth. Um, he played, I think just after we recorded this, he played in a trial and he wasn't overly impressive. And um, I then spoke, and then, you know, I spent the first 10 weeks thinking, surely he'll, he'll get a go soon. He was occasionally pop up as, you know, 22nd man, 19th sort of stuff. And I actually spoke to one of the Storm's, uh, recruitment guys during the season. He, he made a really good point. He, he said to me in about round 14, he goes, you're, you're not going to see Jack this year because of COVID. You know, as good as he is, this is the first year he's ever had to, he's the first ever year he's had the opportunity to play against grown men because yep. all the competitions yeah, were cancelled previously. So he, he said to me very early in round 14, he goes, you will not see him this year, regardless of how many injuries or anything happens, you will not see him this year. They want him to have a year to develop and play against grown men before they can use him next year. And mate, to the Storm's credit, the amount of injuries and stuff they had, and they still never used him. They were patient as all hell, which is a real credit to the club. Like you got to remember in the preseason, they signed him for five years. So, mate, the self-control of a Jedi by the Melbourne <laughs> Storm there. Another play, another sleeper for twenty twenty six. Yeah, he'll, he'll be a sleeper for this preseason as well. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, all right, Guru, who impressed? Who's on your radar next season? All right, I've got a few here. Uh, guys that impressed me, and one that I think will, you'll be able to get decent value in is Luciana Leilua. Mm. Um, I think he'll probably oh, yeah. start on the left ledge for the Cowboys. Scores weren't overly impressive, but I just think with Leilua, and we know what those Cowboys preseasons are like nowadays, when he gets an opportunity up there, um, I think he could be pretty scary next year. I'm no stranger to drafting Leilua. And I wouldn't be shocked if I uh, managed to get my hands on him again. If you are going to get Leilua, definitely stack him with Tommy Dearden. Uh, going at the line there, he throws one of the best balls, two back rowers. So little stack there. Love Leilua as a 2RF. Uh, Luke Garner, going to the Penrith Panthers. I think he'll be mm. on the left edge. I really like him. I think that it's sort of between him, Hoskins, maybe Scott Sorensen. But personally, I think Sorensen is probably the best uh, bench player in the league. So I don't think Cleary will move him off the bench there. Garner's probably my tip to win that one. And then, mate, two smokies to keep your eye on. The first one is Jermaine Hopgood. I posted about him last week. I've been watching him in reserve grade for the Panthers. He has been absolutely fucking killing it. 
Um, he's my Ruben Cotter for next season. I think he's going to absolutely brain it. Uh, moving to the Parramatta Eels, I think you'll see Isaiah Papali. He'll go to the West Tigers. I think Matto will probably move to that edge, and I think Hopgood will be the 13. If he's not to start Ooh. the season, I think he will be. Nice. Soon. Uh, he'll be my Cotter this year. And, guys, there's a guy that's going to debut for the Roosters early next season named Josh Wong. Um. I think he could be the next real superstar back rower in our game. Uh, he played SG ball for the Chooks this year, was their captain. Can play lock, second row, center, 5'8". He's he's one of the better juniors I've seen in a long time. So keep an eye on him. Uh, his name's Josh Wong, but he always appears on the team list. I think he's, uh, his, his name on that is like Siwa Tong or something, Siwa or something but they, they always call him Josh. But uh, Wong is a very, very talented player who I think is going to burst onto the scene next year and I think he'll be uh, probably the the Mitch Orbison sort of guy for the next few years for the Roosters and wherever he gets an opportunity he's going to absolutely smash it. Oh, I love that. Couple of black books there, people. Mm. Write them down. Walker, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely not giving any black book tips here. But, um, <laughs> two, 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 <laughs> two of the guys that kind of underperformed season long, um, Cheese and Radley, I think they're definitely ones to put in the um, put in your list for next season because I think they'll be they'll be in for a bit of an uptick, especially Radley. I think the the ball playing that he's developed in his game the last year or two, or well, last few years, I should say, um, it, it's almost second to none. It's um, yeah, it, it is a part of his game that he is starting to get some super coach output from as well. Um, we've seen it in the last few weeks, but. Um, Biggest biggest boom for me, um, the guy that I was most impressed with was Lane, Sean Lane. Yeah, I was like, I, but between him and and Hudson Young, mm. I and Bo Firma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I Bo Firma was mine. Um, geez, he oh, was geez, he was imp, imp, impressive. Mm. I mean, in a team where their attack was so clunky, it was um, had no yeah. fucking direction. You just had Bo Firma running some of the best fucking lines in the NRL. Um, he finished a bee's dick behind David Feder and average. I just thought he was fantastic. I think he'll be better again in in twenty twenty three if they can just work out. Fucking how to use this bloke. I mean, it, I it, think Kieran, Kieran Foran is going to help unlock that. Fuck, he, he was just so good. So I, I was big on him. Obviously, um, Jeremiah Nanai was, was huge. Mm. Um, I thought Patrick Carrigan as well. Um, another guy that's starting to develop that that ball playing at the back there with that link role, but his defense work, his base was fantastic. I had him at parts throughout this season. I was supremely happy with him, especially if um, Payne Haas does move on. You can expect huge minutes out of Paddy Carrigan. Um, and with that, I think Thomas Flegler will come in and be very super coach relevant, someone that you'll get value for uh, if Payne Haas is to move on. Mm. What, what what are your thoughts on um on Aiken's move across to Redcliffe? Do you think it's um it's going to help his output? Um, and what position do you think he's going to play? I think by looking at their squad, I just can't see a world where he plays in the back row. They've yeah. signed Felice Kafusi, they've signed Kenny Bromwich. I don't think yeah. he can play either of those two anywhere else. Um, I don't know. I don't even know whether he squeezes in the centres. Who uh, you and Aiken? Yeah. I I I think he'll be their first choice center. Who 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 are you picking in front of him? I like Branko. 
yeah, I, I think I'd be taking Aiken over Branko personally. As much as I love Branko, I just think that they're going to be a team that um, they need some solidity. Yeah, I, they're they're not going to have any attacking upside. So you'd want to be a fucking good defensive team in this competition. Then, so mm. I think Aiken. I think he's just about uh, a certainty to uh, to be a centre there. Um, Branko Lee over you and Aiken. One of your best Wooker. Mate, have you seen him in attack? <laughs> I was trying to be polite, Wolf. Uh, out there, my friend. Wow. Wow. That was good. That was very good. Uh, that, that's because he's got a Bronco jersey on at the moment, maybe. He is a current Bronco, man. <laughs> oh, God. All right, boys. Current, let's let's, on that, let's move on to, to halfback. Uh, so the rub down big big balls calls here, and this is the best call. Uh, and someone will be hanging a hat on for 2022 is that Nico Hines will beat his 2021 average. Uh, we sang his praises all preseason. Uh, I think we started off and we had him around that sort of 16, 15, 16 pick. And as the preseason developed, we just got more and more on him. I think we had him maybe eighth or ninth pick in the end um mm. and we'll back in that and we'll get plenty of pushback um from people going you guys are fucking kidding yourselves there's no way you take Hines in the first round he's gonna be a bust blah 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 well best super coach player for 2022 fucking yeah. nailed it yeah on the on the money um and then the, the next one semi walker to add average kiri the two, the two roosters have, so we we nailed that one as well. Yes, and all three of us were big big on that as well. We were um, mm. pretty down on on Kiri. A lot of people were were pretty big on Kiri um, because of that run he had last year, um, and then obviously got injured. Um, but yeah, and that and I guess as soon as we found out that it was you know pretty sold that you know walker was going to get the goal kicking i think that that cemented our opinion on on this one but yeah walker's been fantastic um but yeah it's mate that heinz call i'll be talking about this heinz call for the next 10 years i don't care what i don't care what anyone says over the next 10 years of doing this podcast i'll say yeah 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 but in 2022 we said draft heinz so there's that I remember sort of leading up to my draft, you know, all, all the boys talking about it. And, you know, I, I liked Hines. I always thought he was going to be like a late round one pick. But, like, you you blokes were much higher than me. And, fuck, I got a heap of pushback. So I can't imagine uh, what, what you guys would have got. Yeah, no, everyone. Everyone was. And then all yeah. the podcasts that I was on um, doing guest appearances on and stuff like that, um, they'd ask me. i say, yep, Hines is my my big guy for this draft. And they go, oh, Hines, really? It, okay. Uh, yep. No. Hundred percent. Draft him. Get him in your side. Um, you won't be. Um, you won't be disappointed. And everyone was pushing back on it. So, mm. but like you said earlier, Guru, you know, throw enough shit up against the wall. Some of it Something has stick. to stick. And this yeah. one fucking stuck like super glue. I'll um, be honest with you. I, I had Sam Walker as mine, and you know, f- finished with a fifty-nine average, which was good. I, I thought of, ex- I, I expected him to do better. To be honest with you, so I'm not not upset with the call, but I, I thought of, I thought Walker could push into the sort of 65, 70s. I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be mid sixties. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. I agree with that. Um, what about this bust? Oh, we had Adam Reynolds as a bust, and I mean, he beat his average by two points um but i did not expect him 
to play the way that he did um, in a Broncos jersey. He was superb. He grew, he grew another leg. Yeah, that he, first he half of the season, he was unstoppable. The general. Yeah, he was crazy. He was very good. So we got that one um, dead wrong. I mean, yeah, he had injuries throughout the season, but I think you know that when you draft Adam Reynolds, that's just part of the package that you get with Adam Reynolds. You know that you know he's going to sit down for six to eight weeks throughout the season. You're just going well, no, to have to he's got He's got better, like... Better durability than that. Like last, mate, well, he hasn't six, played last six twenty rounds, games in the last, last six year. rounds. Yeah. He's, he's played yeah, right. over over twenty games. He he he'll stay down in tackles and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes he's he's a little bit of a Dugan in, in that respect. But mate, he's not losing not losing weeks. He he had a few niggling um, groin injuries through his career, and he's he hasn't played in those games because he's obviously a kicker. But yeah, no, he's got some durability, mate. Don't don't knock him. Branko Lee and Adam Reynolds. Here we go. <laughs> Who are we going to talk about? In five oh. eight position? We talk about um, Gamble in the five eight position about how good he is. <laughs> Fucking hell. To your uh, to your credit with Adam Reynolds, you know you you, you called him as a bust, and he what, what, what he scored two more points than his average last year. Yeah, I think yeah, from memory, said, yeah, two points. Mm. Yeah, it was two points. I'm just looking at it now. I mean. Mate, for how well he had to play to beat it by two points, um, you might have been wrong, but I'm not sure if you were that wrong, to be honest with you. He was the superstar in the Broncos team, and he was one of the other players in the South team the year before. So, yeah, I I agree with you there, Guru. So, Guru, you had uh, CHT, another cowardice call from you. Yeah, what is going on here? You um, do you lack a spine or? Is this, um... Fucking hell! Well, yes, yeah, so obviously I wasn't he didn't... wrong, but fucking yeah, hell, yeah, mate, it's not hard. Yeah, obviously yeah. he didn't fire. Um, we'll move on. Sleepers, Hastings, Hastings. We were both big yeah. on him, and he delivered. Yeah, uh, I was pretty high on him in the preseason, as you guys know, and uh, he's actually going to be my sleeper again for this year. We're hearing that. Well, Tim Sheens has come out and said that he's going to play lock this year, which fucking blows me away. But it looks like he, if he's at the club next year, he'll be playing 13. And, uh, boys, if you have a look at his numbers towards the back end of the season when playing lock, he averaged 70 points, mm, including, yeah. you know, across three games, 55, 52, 55 base stats. So uh, He still I, I, got I heaps of touches at lock too, didn't he? Mate, he had more touches when he was at fucking halfback. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I don't think he could possibly fucking play a whole season there. But uh, whether he's at the Tigers or not, I don't know. I That's the question. Do you be. think yeah, he I, will I, be a I Tiger? Don't, I don't know whether he will be. I, I, I don't think he will be personally. I, I think he'd be stupid to stay there. I think yeah. that there's never been a better time to be a halfback on the market, in my opinion. 100%. Um, and, yeah, I, I think Jacko should leave this basket case and go somewhere else. But... I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. And you're probably still getting relatively cheap. Yep. Which is just crazy. If he ends up at like a a Dolphins or a Newcastle, I I think he'd be really interesting. Jackson Hastings. Uh, I've been saying it for a while. I reckon there's a world where he ends up at the Dragons as well. I think Um, the Newcastle pickup of Gamble was quite astute. He's, yeah. a, he's a good player to have in your, in your system. Apparently, Joey is super keen on Gamble. Apparently, he's a huge fan of him. So, uh, an interesting. interesting one there. Mm. Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, I was I was very happy with Hastings. And um, it sort of was a call from a little bit left field from us, um, but definitely put 
uh, Hastings on a lot of people's radars uh, for their draft. And I think everyone got pretty good value on him because the word really wasn't out. Um, and then obviously once he came in for the Tigers, you saw that huge culture shift and the way that he approached the game, um, which was great for real-life football. And, and, you know, you pass the eye test, but it also translated really well into Supercoach points, which is fucking what we love. So, yeah, I'll be big on Hastings again next year. Um, yeah, love him. All right, Guru. Just, just another yeah. thing to consider with Hastings as well. He he was, you know, like, like, like a lot of these guys, but him in particular, he was injured the entire season. He pretty much wasn't training during the week. He was mm. he was spending most of his weeks uh, in, in a moon bird. He was completely fucked the entire year, but just kept showing up. So hopefully this offseat, oh, I mean, he's, he's planning on playing in the World Cup in a few weeks, so it'll probably be a similar story. But fingers crossed, if he can come into a full preseason – uh, fit and ready to go. I also think there's still a world where he can grab the goal kicking as well. So he could be very interesting. Ooh, love that. Mm. Love that. All right. So other than Hastings, um, who impressed you and who are you looking at next year? Uh, I've got my eyes on young Isaiah Katoa. He's uh, going up to the Dolphins. He's uh, been playing rugby union down here in Sydney at Barker College. He's gone through the Penrith system. Um, he was the player of the SG ball this year in the grand final. I'm not sure if you boys... Uh, heard about that grand final, but they were down, I think, 20 nil at halftime to the Roosters, who were captained by Josh Wong, who I mentioned earlier, and uh, Isaiah Katoa led a huge comeback. They ended up winning 22-20 to 20 in that grand final. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little yarn. His, his manager, um, he's with the Ayub guys, and that they've got a pretty close relationship with Peter O'Sullivan, who's the recruitment manager up at the Dolphins, and He'd been keen on Isaiah Katoa for a few years, keeping an eye on him. Um, he organized a Zoom with Isaiah and Wayne Bennett. And Wayne Bennett sat on a Zoom with him for, for, for about 20, 25 minutes and got off and said to Peter O'Sullivan, if you think he can play, sign him now because he's the sort of person I want at my club. So uh, very high regards for an 18-year-old that's still at school. Uh, he is the younger brother of Sione Katoa, the old Canterbury hooker from a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's, I, I think he's going to be an absolute superstar. I don't know if he plays in the first, you know, week or whatever, but I think as the season goes on, he will be in the house, the dolphins. You hopefully you'll get to see him at the world cup with, uh, Tonga as well. They're obviously a bit short on halves. So mm. Isaiah Katoa, I reckon he will be a huge sleeper. Obviously it'll be his first year in the NRL, so it'll be tough, but I just think he's got huge potential. And over the next few years, we're going to talk about him a lot. Oh, I love that. So you think he'll partner Sean O'Sullivan uh, at the Dolphins? Potentially. Just depends who they sign. I think ideally they don't want to start with him, but, yeah. mate, the way it's going, they might fucking have to. That might be a nice little partnership for him as well, you know, Sean O'Sullivan being that type of general halfback that's going to control the you know, the day-to-day activities out there on the field with the kicking um, and positional play and just going to let him sort of play eyes up footy uh, and be a young half, uh, that might be a nice little mix there. He's another one, Sean O'Sullivan. I mean, I think people will sort of look at him and go, oh, he's going from the best team in the comp to potentially the worst. Fuck him. But, mate, he, he's he's a very talented seven and Fucking he Othies. loves to run. He, he's got, one of, he's got one of the best footy coach. brains in the in the game, they yeah. say. Oh mate, he'll 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 be coaching in no time. I think if there's mm-hmm. one player in this comp that I think will be a first grade coach eventually, it'll be Sean O'Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed with him. He was he had a fantastic year um, when they called upon him to play for the Panthers. Walker, who impressed? Who are you looking at next year? 
Um, so who, who impressed was um, Mitch Moses. So it was one of, one of the great great comeback and stuff. So he's, he's he played really well. Um, I think Lockie Miller when he he played he obviously played at fullback, but um, he's done his stint in, half, in the halves previously as well um, in Resi's. Um, but Fogarty, I thought when he mm. um, when he came back from injury, I thought he played very 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 well, and I think the Raiders definitely became a different side when he was in the team. Oh, I think you, more, can, you can you a can lot more count. structure and a lot, a lot more structure and attack and just like just the whole team played better. You can um, count their finals was, berth here it was, for twenty twenty two. Jamal Fogarty, it's because yeah. of him coming into this side and, and being the general. He's been fantastic for me. Tommy Dearden. I mean, yeah. fuck me, this kid can play. I love everything about him. He's tough as nails. Loves to run the ball. Um, and he loves to run the ball 10 metres out, and I love that for Supercoach mm. because he scores a lot of tries. Ended up with a 58 average. I think he's going to tip up around that 60-65 next year. I think he's going to grow in confidence. I think he's going to you know, obviously be a, a more predominant playmaker in this Cowboys side for next year. I'll be looking at him very hard. Um, oh, Mate. Anyone, anyone who's willing to chop off their nut to play in the finals, <laughs> he's all right by me. But, right? What, mate, he, he's all for the cause. Mate, and the defense, he, mate, he just chops them. Tommy did. They run at him mm. again and again. You saw it um, at Origin. They ran at him all day, and he was just chopping cunts. I love that. Um, so yeah, it was all about Tommy Dean for me. He's, uh, I think he's uh, after Dill Brown. I think he's the second best defensive half, half in this comp now. Correct. Uh, he's very impressive. I think it'll be interesting with Dearden. He was dual position this year. Um, didn't play any halfback. Do we think he holds on to that? Yeah, that, not that, a chance. Not a big, chance. He'll just no? be five eight. Yeah, he's he just going to be a five eight. That's going to. They, they've been pretty. They've been pretty strict with it the last last year or two years. So I think yeah, a lot of the players that haven't played in the other position. They're just going to lose it. It will be interesting. We've obviously moved off him, but, I mean, you know, going off that, Hastings, if he's named to start at 13, he could be 2RF slash halfback, which would be massive. Mm. Mm. I think if you're playing in the halves, you should be halfback 5'8". It should, actually, it shouldn't be halfback 5'8". It should just be halves. Because yeah. it's such an interchangeable position nowadays. Well, it's not it's, like it was. It's so fucking shallow. Like, and it's mm. just a fucking nightmare trying to get a half and a five eight, both of them that can play. And that's why these guys that are halfback five eight dual eligible are just gold. Like, tell me it isn't the most valuable fucking um dual position in the game. Yeah, it's it's up there for sure. It's it's amazing. And if that's what they're gonna do, they're gonna cut blokes down like this Tommy Dean down to halfback. Um Luke Keery will probably keep it. Who else did they have? Yeah, Jackson Hastings, he was a halfback 5'8". Obviously, he'll lose one of those. Sammy, Sammy Walker picked up both. Yep. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's another position. If that continues to happen, um, you know, it's, Jesus, it's starting to get, yeah, pretty worrisome, especially for guys like you, Guru, who were, you know, in a 14-man league. Like, that's scary. Oh, mate, yeah, very scary. And, you know, there's, there's other guys like – and, like, it doesn't as much affect it, but even, like, your Nico Hines, like, he's going to lose um, fullback next year as well. Like, it is – Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to get tougher and tougher. And, yeah, half – You're going like, to yeah. have guys fucking drafting Adam Clune. Well, mate, well, 100%. Mate, mate, I remember waking up in about round five and Adam Clune, I didn't get him off the waiver wire and I was fucking devastated. That, that that that's where it gets to in our comp. Like in these deep leagues, it is 
it is brutally hard just to get your hands on any seven and six that are just running out that weekend. Yeah, hectic. I mean, the two big moves I'd make for positions, I'd have middles. You have middles and your back rowers and hookers. So you're lumping your locks and your front rowers into into that spot and you can play them interchangeable. And then you'd have halves. So halfback and five eight would be one position. They all and you lump all them together. I think that'd be a really, really good improvement for um super coach. I think it, it, it lends itself to how um NRL fantasy is actually right out, I think. Yep. It just just it's the pools are so diluted. Um, if you've got all these different positions, yeah. it's very, very hard. All right, boys, let's get into 5-8. Uh, so big balls calls for the rub. Wooker, you had dill bags, bounce back, 60 pluck, yeah. plus nailed it. Fucking didn't you nail on, that one? On, on, it was one of the better calls that we had all season. Killed it. Um, yep. Killed it. My one, SJ, to go 60 plus, fail, fail, fail. He really did not do what I thought he was going to Look, I was big on the Warriors. I was big on Walsh. I was big on SJ. I was big on this Ford pack that the Warriors had. I thought they'd be a formidable team, and it just didn't pay off. And SJ was this- well below his best. On paper, at the start of the season, they they did look on paper Shit one of the, one of the teams that could could sh- give things a bit of a shake. Not the premiership, but I mean like that top eight. But, but yeah. for Super Coach, like they're those they're one of those teams that they they do have a lot of Super Coach points in them. Um, Guru, I know you were pretty big on the Warriors for Super Coach. Uh, was I? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um. <laughs> Um, right right now he's thinking what the fuck was I thinking yeah what the fuck (laughs) I'm even looking at someone I'll tell you what that's not a coward call at all yeah I'm uh, I've obviously been keen I guess like I was keen on uh, you and Aiken and a few worries yeah fair Uh, the SJ one though I wouldn't have backed that one I've never really been a big SJ guy when it comes to super coach he just never I just can't fucking rely on him. I got um, whipped up into the social media stuff. It got me. The roller coaster. It got me. You, you just, just love that. You love that picture of him fucking smiling. Mate, the whole the whole narrative. I, I fell for the narrative. I, I was reading yeah, his social media stuff yeah. about how happy he was and he was smiling and I was like, fuck, hook, line, and sinker got me. Cut. I think the uh, the deal bags, you know, obviously a very good call, but I, like, I remember when, when you guys said this in the preseason and I said to you guys like, He's going to have a year where he's going to be a fucking superstar. It's just a matter of picking which year it's going to be. I personally didn't think it was going to be this year, but fuck, if you managed to get deal bags this year, you would, you would have absolutely flown home. Huge. Yeah, he has been fantastic. I mean, with ball in hand, pretty hard to bring down. That left foot step that he's been throwing about looks like it's impossible to read. There's this few better with the ball in hand, I think. Yep. It was very sexy. Uh, Guru, you had Kurt Mann. I mean, we all fell for Kurt Mann um, after those <laughs> trial games. Um, after he put that big hit on Jared Warrior Hargraves, we were all going, holy fuck, Kurt Mann is here. And uh, we all yeah. fell for that and it just sort of didn't happen after that, did it? Yeah, I just love the idea of him playing 13. I thought he was going to do really well. And I remember the first week um, he played about 60 minutes and I think he scored like 40, 42, something. And I remember thinking, oh, Kurt Mann played 62 minutes. That'll upgrade to a 50. That's a good knock. And, you know, just looking at his scores now, it stayed at 40. The next week he played 62 minutes, stayed at 30. And and then he had a, you know, a five-week decent run at 13, 86, 53, 49, 49, 43. But, um, 
yeah, I, I expected him to do much better in that 13 role. And, like, granted, you know, he had a heap of injuries and stuff throughout yeah. the year, but yeah, none yeah, of his Nig- scores are really injury-affected at the end of the day. He played played a minimum of 60 minutes in every single game this year, pretty much, bar one, but I don't think that was injury-affected. So, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty bang-average call there by me. I, yeah, I, looked, I can't blame you though, because well, I sort of he, got he looked, he looked good. Well. He looked good in the in yeah, in the trials. So. Yeah. Well, I was just so distracted by those warriors that I fucking loved, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Natty might have put you under the, under the spotlight there, mate. You're all over them. You're all over all the warriors. <laughs> I remember. Um, busts. We were both we both had Adam Dewey now. Uh, I don't know whether this is a bust. Uh, I mean, he ended up with a 59 average. When when what round did he come back? Uh, pretty late from memory. I think I was there. It was the Parramatta game. I'm not giving you a number though, so that's not helping you in any. No, way. round fifteen. Round fifteen. I mean, if you yeah. get if you got him as your last pick or you picked him up free agent, I mean, it's fine. But if you ended up spending any sort of uh, of a pick on him, sort of like you know six, seven, eight, nine, something like that, I think it's still a bust. You didn't get enough out of him. But if you it was just a roll of the dice, your last pick, or if, if you got him off waivers or free agents, I, I guess that's fine. Yeah. Um, it just by the time he came back into this side, the Tigers were just a rabble. Well, before before he hit his straps, which is in round eighteen, he scored fourteen, thirty six, and twenty seven. It ended the season with a six, nearly a sixty average. Like he, he went on an absolute tear, getting yeah, scores like 87, 122, 99, second last game of the season in the final. If you had him, uh, pretty big. Yeah, I, I, I think similar to Cam McInnes. If, if you look at the average, it's it's not great. But when you consider he's coming back from injury, you weren't picking him for his first few games. You were picking him for the back end, and mm. he did pretty well. Like he, he'd be looking at a like a fifty nine average. I reckon if you take out those. First three games where, you know, he played 19 minutes, 48, then he did play the 80 against Parramatta. I mean, you're probably looking at a – he'd probably push a 70 average there, I'd say, once yeah. you take out those three really low games. So, High 60s at least. He's, yeah, he's I, the type of player we will be talking a lot, a, a lot about in the preseason because oh, of those yeah. those uh, early games that bring his average down. That's supreme value at that 59 where people will just, just only look at that 59 average and they'll place them in their pre-draft list again against that average, whereas, you know, the value's up around that 70, isn't it? And I would also just point out that um, Tim Sheens is going to be coaching next year. Now, Tim Sheens' specialty for the last 30 years of rugby league is putting your best players in good positions. Um, I personally think you'll start to see Dewey put in a lot of good spots off scrums. That's how I'd be using him. I think that's when he's at his most damaging. So I could see a bit of upside to Adam Dewey heading into next year. Yeah, Mm. I love that. I love that call. Um, Sleepers, boys, uh, we had Connor Tracy, which would have been a good call, and then Talakai came on the scene. Talakai Talakai started coming. No one fucking saw that coming. So, um, yep, went down there. And Guru, you had Lachlan Ilias. He's had a bit of a roller coaster season, um, but – where you would have picked him, which would have been really late. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, no. I uh, I had this one wrong. I, I thought that he, just from watching him in reserve grade and stuff, he tended to run the ball a little bit more there. I think that I... I got more sucked into his reserve grade performances over how he would actually fit into this footy side. Um, mm, his role yeah. in this footy side was to lay Colum and Tungy off so the left side could strike, uh, and he did that really well throughout the season. Uh, but yeah, this one was a this one was a pretty bad call for me. I ended up drafting him 
you know, and as I said, this is how desperate it is in my combine that I've drafted him at about round 11 or so, just because he was dual position. Um, and it meant that I had someone to put there. Uh, but yeah, dropped him pretty quick, smart. This was a, uh, this was a mistake on my front. Like there's a game, there's a game against Penrith where he played really well. He had 40 creative stats and he scored 55. Like just, just a Fucking hell. You just can't do it. So, yeah. um, I think he got better as the season went on, but definitely not good enough for uh, for you to be looking at in your super coach sides. And I think he had some shaky moments just in NRL as well. And look, a rookie halfback, you kind of expect that. It's trying to fill the boots of, of A-Ray. It's, it's not going to happen overnight. No, it's not. But I mean, like he, he did do such a fucking good job. Uh, but, it, yeah. you know, I, I think he's also going to be one of those guys that it's not going to translate to super coach. He's, he's, your, he's your classic... Um, uh, Cronk, Cronk sort of, yeah. yeah. yeah Chad exactly. Townsend, that type. Yeah. I mean, Chad Townsend's had a few big games this season, but he's also had a lot of 20s. Yeah. But, you know, like the, the 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 value in Chad Townsend is immense. And if you looked at his Supercoach scores, you'd think he's a fucking, you know, Slot. reserve grader. Yeah. Um, all right. So who impressed you, Guru? Who are you looking at next year? Um. Yeah, tough here. I I don't really have anyone that's uh, jumping out at me straight away. To be perfectly honest with you, I as as I said, oh, I think Dewey uh, under Tim Sheens. I think he could be really impressive next year. But um, outside of that, no one's really. If if Newcastle can sign a good halfback, I'll be interested in Tyson Gamble. I will have a look at him as a real deep sort of guy. But um, if I'm not getting Cam Runster, Dylan Brown, one of these guys real early. Another position that I'll probably let it slide. Maybe, you know, that's the other thing you'd have to assume as well. Are there, are there any positions that you're targeting? Yeah, no, well, oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. No, 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 no that's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But well, what I'm saying is, though, that for some of these positions, I will get early guys. Yeah, yep. and I'll be happy with that. But if I don't get early guys, I will stack in other spots. So um, is, is um, Joshy Schuster, is he someone that you're looking at at all? No, I can't do it. I'm I'm oh, not no. going to oh, be no. there next year. I'm never again. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, as you can probably tell. I, I said that for Natty's benefit, not yours. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> no way. Wooker, you got anyone you, you're pumped about? Oh, I mean, like Scotty Drinkwater had one of the seasons to remember. He, he had, wasn't picked at the start of the season. And obviously, the injury to, to Hammer opened the door for him and never looked back. He... Took it with both hands. Um, I think Brimo, he played a lot better than I was expecting. Um, even though he filled a lot in, in fullback, he came home with an absolute wet sail um, in this season. Um, but I, I really do think that Burton is going to have a, a crackerjack of a season next year. And I think the players that they're um, they're bringing into the, the system are definitely players that will help bring up everyone around them. Um so I think Burton is definitely one that can put maybe 10 points on his average. Um, and depending on, on the team structure, maybe Ezra Mam as well. Mm, so he had, a very, he had a very he had a very a very limp last, say, seven games. Um, so I think he was sitting at an average of, of around 60, 65 to 70. Um, and just like the Broncos just played like a busted arsehole, if I'm honest. Yeah, and they fell off a cliff. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And hey, well, just on one of the guys that you mentioned there, I think it's worth us noting, Scott Drinkwater, I don't see a hope in hell that he keeps 5'8 next year. 
No, no, not at all. He's going to be he's going to be fullback fullback line. He yeah. played he played one or two games at five eight while Deedon was out. So that is the the one tra- chance in hell that he'll keep it. But it's it's unlikely. Yeah, it was one game that he was named at six and played there. So I, which is going to make life incredibly fucking difficult. Another one, another one, another fucking. one that we're losing. Jesus, so, Jules, Jules are just and look. I remember talking about um, how little Jules we had at the start of this season. Mm. Next year, next year is going to be wild. Yeah. Um, for me, guys, it's it's AJ Brimson Walker. You mentioned him. Um, he obviously came home and absolutely fucking killed it. Three round average of one hundred and three, five round average of ninety seven point eight. Uh, I just love him as a super coach player. Uh, the way that he plays, the way that he moves. Plenty of tackle breaks, very hard to handle, uh, very inconsistent uh, in the first half of this season. Uh, you know, he had some sub-40 games, even some sub-30 games, um, but then he picked it up and sort of went, you know, a couple of 70s, a 60, then an 80, and then, yeah, towards the end there, it was 67, 111, 82, 139, and 90. Uh, I think even though... Uh, him sitting on the the five round average and three round average, and then obviously a pretty sexy season average of sixty four. Um, I just don't think people will be looking at him just because he plays for the Titans. He's not a sexy name. Mm. People are going to have that sort of bad taste in their mouth because the Titans were such a failure this year. Obviously, making the eight uh, the season before, and then you know being such a fucking shit show this year. I think there's going to be supreme value there. I think he can be one of those players that gets up there around that 70. He is going to be one of those guys that keeps the jewel because he did play a lot of fullback um, throughout the season. So I do like AJ Brimson for 2023. Is he a round one pick? Not round one. Uh, And look, to be honest. I'd I'd shoot for a round two because um, with Foran coming into the system, I think – Whilst Foran isn't going to be setting the world alight in Supercoach, he is going to bring a lot to this side. Um, yeah, I, 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 it can't be understated, I, I think. Yep. If you're in my comp, 14 man, would you take him pick 14? Fuck, I'd think about it for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'd, it's, he it's, has, it's, it's, he, a, it's at least on the turn. He, um, he has that ability to go that sort of – he'll be one of those players that if it, it all works for him next year, he can be one of those players that gets those 150, 160 scores. It, it just – his game is so conducive to super coach scores. He's he's almost as easily the type of player that will score 30s though. Well, um, that's what you if hope. He, if, he's, if he's not if – he, if he isn't for him. Well, that's what you hope – he fixes a little bit, you know. Yeah, no, exactly. And yeah. what I, what I'm seeing is, you know, how Cody Walker went from one of the most inconsistent players to shoring up that floor where he wasn't getting below 50. If AJ can be one of those players where he's still pumping out those 130, 140 scores, but brings his floor up to that 45, 50, fuck me, that's sexy. Can I ask you which one do you draft first? And I think these two players of Olver and Kieran Foran arriving. If we find out that David Fafita is going to be playing outside Foz and that's going to be their combo on that edge, do you go Fafita first or Brimson? Brimson for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd actually stack in with Firma personally. Jewel is a big one, fullback 5'8", and I just just think, yeah, I've just got a good feeling about Brimson. I mean, some of those games I was watching at the back end of this season, he was impossible to handle. 
He was just doing everything. And he's that type of guy that is that triple threat. You know, he can put a nice grubber in for a try assist. Um, he can break the line himself. He's got fantastic footwork. He's a superb support player as well. So if they do make breaks, um, you know, he's always there in support. The other thing is we didn't see a lot of him linking up with Jaden Campbell, another player who I think will be better for the run in 2023. Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson, firing it up. I do like that. Mm. Yeah, I think Jaden Campbell had a very broken season with um, with injuries and, and such. So, yeah, I like that call. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Jaden Campbell. I was about to start going on a big rant mm, about Jaden Yeah, I'll, we'll I'll talk hold, about hold him because he is I'll... sexy. He is sexy. All right, boys, oh, let's oh. get into CTW. So the rub down, big balls course, CTW. Wooker, uh, you had Lomax 65+. plus. How'd you go there? Yeah, did not quite get there, but he, he had a good back end of the season. He got a 60, so he's pretty much bang on what he expected. So back, big balls call, probably not. I had Joe Manu to bet his 2021 average, and I was huge on Manu all preseason. And I was trying to bring you around with me. I think I got you there in the end, Walker. You did. You, got, was... you got me at the end, but fuck. Like, um, I wasn't expecting him to, to do it, <laughs> and he fuck, He didn't just beat it. He just annihilated it. Yeah, he was fucking unbelievable, Manu. And I can't believe – I mean, I talked about it at the start of the podcast how I went Schuster over Manu. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, it, yeah, I, yeah. I'll be. Yeah, I'll, let's just move on. Um, <laughs> it is pretty impressive, though. Like Joey Manu, he finished with finished with an average of seventy six. He uh, he scored above what fifty five once in his last six weeks. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? He was tra- he was traveling so high. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. He some of those scores he put up. I mean, whenever you saw him put in a different position, you knew he was going hundred plus. Didn't matter if it was five eight or fullback, just a different position than center. You just knew hundred plus game coming. Yeah. Well, mate, in round four against the Dragons, he scored a hundred points. That wasn't in his top five scores of the year. Yeah. Fucking wild. Fucking wild. And in all honesty, in most 10-man leagues, he probably goes round five, round six. So someone's picked him up round five, and just it's just worked out perfectly. I mean, a captain option each week, to be honest, especially in those games when he was playing out of position. Well, we we, we had the bloke that uh, dislocated his thumb and did a number on himself. He like he, he he's pretty fucking clueless, but he draft <laughs> was unbelievable. He had Latrell, Manu, and Dylan Brown. Oh shit! In that a fourteen is, man a, league, that is a yeah. triple. It was huge, and he still managed to go out in a prelim. Wow, wow that's um that's that's rough. That that would hurt. That's that's a sexy team. Um. Booms, boys. Uh, Wooker, we went Daniel Tupu. Now, the reason we went Daniel Tupu is we we thought that Kiri would be on the left. Um, was it we thought Kiri would be on the left? Yeah, we did. Yeah, and then yeah. it, it, the season started and they, they're they on opposite edges and that sort of stifled the attack of Toops. And then they obviously were just going to Suwali again and again in the, in the, in the air. Um, but... Then they had a late switch where Kiri moved back over to the left. And that's where we saw the resurgence of Daniel Tupu scoring a lot of tries. I think he got seven tries in uh, as many games or maybe eight games um, and the leading up to this injury that he got. But I think if Kiri had played on that left edge all year long, 
Um, I think he would have been up around that 60, 65 average. He ended up with a 57.6. So that's not a boom. Um, but I th- And we got it wrong, obviously. But I think it was just off the back of us thinking that Kiri was going to be on the left. Yeah, no, for sure. And Guru, you went your boy, Isaac Tungo. Yeah, I uh, was obviously huge on him heading into this season. And, uh, yeah, he provided 60-point average. Um, I think the stat went in the first 11 games, he got nine tries disallowed uh, that were sent upstairs. So um, a 60-point average is fantastic, but fuck, I'll tell you what, it could have been a lot more, and I think it would have been a heap more if Luai or Nathan Cleary played in the last month because uh, he went sub-40 in three out of his last four games and still finished with a 60-point average. So I think there's value in Tungo uh, next season. I'll talk about that in a minute, though. And what about what about that um, sort of area there where you know Taylor May was scoring a lot of the tries and everyone was like, oh fuck, Tungo's he's not firing. And, went, and then the second everyone doubted him, he just went on a fucking run. Taylor May didn't get any ball, didn't score mm-hmm. any tries. Tungo yeah. was getting all the ball, scoring all the tries. So yeah. I, I like I, I don't keep tabs on classic stuff, but was there a lot of people trading Tungo out around that time? Yeah, stack, mate. I hate traded him out. Um, oh, no. And, and you know what? He's one of those guys that, you know, when he scores a try, he doesn't go astronomical. Like, he, he'll get your 70s, 80s, which is fantastic, but he's not the sort of guy that can sting you for 130. Um, so it, it probably didn't hurt his people as, as much as it probably should have. Uh, but, yeah, mate, you look at his last one, two, three, four, five. I think his last six games, he didn't score a single try. He had a heap taken off him at the start of the season. So... A 60 average, all things considered, is very, very conservative for this guy. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you're right. In There's going to be that, a big in value that team, In that team. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. He, he, could, he could do anything, as you'd say. Yeah, well, we could, say that. could be and anything. Again soon. He could be anything. <laughs> um, busts. So, look, we had Dane Gagai. Now, obviously started the year and was absolutely killing oh, we, it. We were, we, were, we were absolutely wrong. But, well, uh, were we? Because he ended up with a 56 average. But no, compared to a 70, I mean. Take that 123 that- out and that 106. Do you know what I mean? Like the middle yeah. of the season was pretty fucking disgusting for him. I mean, that's that's what we were talking about with Dane Gagai was the the forty ones, mm. the sixteen, the nineteen, the the sub forties. Well, you, you, you look at you look at where he was before he got the hundred and twenty three. Oh, and the seventy seven before that, he was on a fifty two. Yeah. So look, Mate, I, I, I back that in. Mate, the 123 was the worst 100-point game I've seen from an individual. He got given an absolute <laughs> fucking bath that day and got very lucky in the back end. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, Riso had him um, and just at, piled on the points in the grand final. I, I loved it. it I, had, I had a lot of fun watching that. I was loving it. I was going, oh, he's got Dane Gagai. The Gagai regret. Fantastic. He'll get 35. <sighs> oh, no, you meant 130. Mm, mm, interesting. Guru, you had Tyrell Sloan. Yeah, um, and this is another one that I think you're probably going, oh, what a fucking coward pick, but, mate, people were really- No, they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. It was they were. fucking ridiculous. Um, even, and, like, like, obviously he didn't play a heap of first grade. He played limited minutes and stuff, but- I mean, mate, all you have to do is go and have a – and I'll never forget it. The guy that drafted him in my comp said, I got Sloan, and I went, you're going to fucking regret that. And he went, what are you talking about, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, 
uh, played week one, didn't score a try and got 78. And he went, fuck, I told you so. And I went, he'll score a try and he'll get fuck all soon. He scored a try and he got 26 the week after. <laughs> and, um, and I just thought, I'm not even going to text him. I'm just going to leave it. He knows what he's done. Uh, and then, of course, he hardly played any first grade after that at all. Mm. Uh, even his last game against the Broncos, I thought he played really well. He had a good line break with a couple of tackle breaks. He scored 27. So um, he will forever be a hard pass for me, Sloan. I love him as a footballer, but super coach wise, the output just is not there. Yep, for sure. You know, that was a great call from me. I remember you saying it and sort of, I didn't know enough about this kid. So I was sort of like buying into the hype a little bit. And then you were like, Look, don't even worry about it. It'll be a fucking huge bust. And that was enough for me to get the the fucking Sharpie, the red Sharpie out and put a line through him. And yeah, thank God I did. Uh, sleepers. So we, we've we got DWZ here, uh, Walker. And Guru, you were pretty big on DWZ as well. I remember we did the, the Supercoach Summer Series and we had DWZ as a guy that you know really keep an eye on. Obviously, in the Warrior system, playing on the right edge outside SJ. And you know for the past sort of four or five years when SJ has been firing, that mm. real estate outside SJ has been fantastic for scoring tries. It just didn't happen, did it? Now, this I actually remember thinking and saying. So I understand what you're saying with your Warriors now. I'd completely forgotten about this. But, yeah, I I liked him being on the right wing with SJ. I actually had him the year before in my team, and I had Reese Walsh as well. And it was a good little combo to have. Uh, but, yeah, just didn't just didn't quite eventuate with DWZ. Fuck, it's been a weird little career, hasn't it? Like, mm. leave Penrith, yeah. bounce around at Canterbury. Fucking, I'm the New Zealand captain all of a sudden. Now I'm sort of at the Warriors. It's It's been a bizarre career how it's all played out. Yeah, and it just didn't just didn't work out for him. And then, obviously, uh, you know, a few guys started getting some form in that side. Uh, you had Jesse Arthurs um, strung a few good games together. Then this Ed Cossey came on, started playing yeah. left wing. Um, he was, he was well. scoring tries left, right, and center for him. And DWZ was sort of the guy that was left out. So, yeah, didn't get that one. Guru... And now I remember this because it, you came on and it was just after you talked to Timmy Williams, who was selling Matty Tomoko very high. Uh, I hope you've given him shit for this one. Um, just didn't live up to what we thought he was going to be, old Matty Tomoko. Yeah, I mean, I think if you had him, which I did, and he was a fourth CTW, um, had a 45-point average. I think that if you if you picked your right moments with him, your right matchups, he did okay. Uh, but yeah, as a whole, you know, you couldn't be overly stoked with him. But I mean, mate, every like he scored, he scored two against the Titans. He scored one against the Warriors. Uh, he scored one against Newcastle. He scored one against the Titans again. He scored one against the Tigers. If you picked him in your right matchups, he was okay to have as a four CTW. But um, yeah, 45 points. I probably thought he would do a little bit better than that. And in the first few weeks, I was pretty confident he'd do better than that. I'll tell you what really killed him, though. Getting moved to the right-hand side. Oh, that 100%. Really yeah, that was, that was the killer preseason. Well, you if, see Seb Chris, Seb, Seb Chris playing on the left. He has been their top try scorer. He's been scoring tries every He's fucking week. Scored 14 this year. And yeah. if someone said to you at the start of this season that Seb Chris would average more than Matty Tomoko, you would just laugh your tits off at him. But it happened. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather not have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Look, even, even with the two-try game, his highest score was still 77. 
Yeah. Yeah. It says a lot. And Raiders are a weird old side for um, super coach points. I've said this a million times. If it's not Joey Tapanay, just a or, weird. Or yeah, or, or Hudson Young. It's just a weird side for super coach points. Um, all right, Guru, who impressed? Who are you looking at next year? All right, so I've got two to throw. I'll throw the first one at you for the second preseason in a row. Isaac Tongo, um, as yep. I said, he had a heap of tries taken off him. I also think that the way that Panthers edge is going to change, you guys mentioned, you know, Taylor May was getting all these tries and all this. Taylor May were getting all these tries because they had Viliami Kikau there, and you ended up seeing Tungo just run that overs line to create space for Kikau. I don't think Luke Garner's got that in his game, that sort of ball playing that Kikau showed. So, I think, I think it's going to work more in the favor of Isaac Tungo now. I also think another guy that I'll talk about later, it's going to be interesting to see now that they don't have – like you think about the last few years, they had Matt Burton out there at center who played as a second 5'8". They had Kick out there who he sort of played as you know a second ball player sometimes. I don't think they're going to have that anymore. So I think the big winners out of this will be one Isaac Tungo, but I also think you might see Dylan Edwards start to pop up on that left edge a little bit more, which we haven't seen over the last few years. So Tungo, for me, as I said, I think 60 was very, very conservative for him this year. I think he'll get close to a 70-point average uh, for the Penrith Panthers next year. And my other one, who I think will be the sleeper of the draft this year, um, I think he will land a center spot at the Dolphins. I know I know what you're saying, Walk The immortal Ooh. Rico Lee is up there. Uh, <laughs> I personally think that this yeah. part-time trade, he will get in over him. His name is Valence Tavare. Uh, he, they signed him from Rugby Union last year, and he's been playing up there at the Redcliffe Dolphins. I'll just run you through some stats. So... He played 12 games in Queensland Cup last year. He scored 11 tries, had 15 line breaks. Now, 12 games, he had 74 tackle breaks. So you do the math, you're looking at about six tackle breaks per game, which is unbelievable. 15 line breaks, he averages 140 metres. Last year was his first ever year of rugby league. So his first two games of rugby league were for the Dolphins. The first game... He scored two. He had three line breaks and he had 14 tackle breaks. His second game, which was a draw, so a close game, he had two tries, three line breaks, and 13 tackle breaks. Uh, Very Conrad Harrell sort of vibe. There's only been three games this entire season where he hasn't scored a try in them. So I think he's a guy that can snag a center spot there. Might not be round one, but I think he will eventually. And when he does... I think he's going to really cause a lot of havoc up there for the Dolphins. Oh, fuck, I love that. That is sexy. Mm, mm. I'd, I'd be, I'd be all over him if you play for the Broncos. But uh, um, no, I, he, he, sound, he sounds awesome. And he he won't make it anyway. Out. The I, big Brinko Lee will have it. Oh no, he's probably going to be part of that through the season. But I'll be looking <laughs> at his. Um, oh, that's real. <laughs> and boys, I'll tell you right now, he'll be one. He'll be one of your favourites. He's got a mullet. He's a little bit pudgy. Oh god, yes. love. He's a bit of a larrikin. Sign him up. Oh, Sign him up. Yeah. All right, look at who you got. Um. So who who impressed me? Obviously, Taylor May. The way he started the season, he absolutely fucking nailed it. Um. Alex Johnston um, scoring tries, obviously left, right, and centre all through the all through the season. Um, I think one of the ones that he's going to have a, a fair regression is obviously Nick Meaney. You know, he finished the season on a sixty-one average, played a lot of heart, uh, a lot of fullback with the with the Storm. Obviously, not going to be getting that as much next season, and yeah, there's going to be a slight regression there. Um, your point, Guru, about Tango, hundred percent. 
I'm I'm all on board on that. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of a resurgence on Toto next season. Um, I think he's he's going to definitely be able to build from his 59 average from last year or this year, I should say. And I think yeah, Cobo, Cobo bit of um, bit of sell on Cobo um, will make the world go around. The Cob life, love that. Um, for me, uh, look, yeah, plenty of guys that impressed me. I loved the the Sharks wingers. Uh, I thought there was a lot of value in both those guys, Ronaldo Militalo and Sianni Katoa, scoring a lot of points. Sharks obviously splitting up their attack, both left and right, with Nico Hines chiming in on both sides. They were getting plenty of points, loved that. Ruben Garrick, we talked about him in the preseason walk, saying that he would be the better mm. draft pick yep. over Brian To'o. We've got a lot of pushback for that now. We did get that right, but if you did do that, and you had Ruben Garrick in your side, you're probably pretty pissed off in the finals. Um, so, geez, we got it a little bit right, a little bit wrong, I guess. Uh, but the guy that I'm really interested um, in for next season is Campbell Graham. Now, with this injury and obviously missing a little bit of football, playing on the right edge, I just don't think people have really caught on to how fucking good this kid is, even playing on the right. Now, next year, uh, if we get a fit and firing Latrell, that's not 115 kilos that's you know coming in at a good weight and is fit we know that he likes to go down the right just as much as he likes to go down the left um and campbell graham put up some scintillating scores while even while latrell was out during the season i mean at one point i think he was averaging 70 so yeah i think i think he's going to be a supreme pickup campbell graham um sitting at a 63.1 average i just i just love him for next year i really do I don't i don't hate that i don't hate that at all he's um he's definitely one that's always been on, on the radar a little bit Difficult, Just, difficult side of the field to be on in that in that um, that bunnies team. But, I, yeah. I, 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 that's what I thought at the start of this season. But watching how Latrell can ball play and how well he does it both sides of the field, like his left to right is just as sexy as his right to left. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. I think we just need a healthy Latrell for Campbell Graham to fire and get to the heights that we know he can. Uh, you're a b- pretty big fan of Campbell Graham, aren't you, Guru? Yeah, yeah, big fan. Um, I just I worry about when a team's got such a strike edge on the left, uh, going with someone on the right. But uh, I think he's just such a supreme player. I'll be I'll be very very keen on him if he gets uh, Isaac Thompson outside him. I think that he has to be in that side next year, and I think they could strike up a really good combo there. But um, I think for how early you'll have to go on Campbell Graham, I I just I think I'd rather pick a player that's on a real strike edge. Well, I'll tell you what, my, my dick is still red raw from at the start of the season when we we're talking about him playing left edge. Oh, yeah. So it was. Well, he did um, play. He played there a, a little bit yeah, throughout the for, season. For the, for the season. And you yeah. can't rule it out once again. No. Yeah. No, it's. it's and, still happen, that, so. I tell you what, boys. If you want, if you want the bunnies' right edge to fire, let me know. I'll put heaps of money on AJ to score. I'm <laughs> telling you, that right edge will fucking fire. Because on the weekend, <laughs> mate, I had a few multis and they all had AJ in them. Oh god, did not um, work out well for me at all. I'm going to bring it back to one of one of your calls earlier, um, Guru. Yep. 
Addo Carr. Yeah. I think I think he, he is going to be an absolute gun pick for next season, coming off a of 50 average for what he can offer with kick out on his edge. It's yeah. I, I think there's there's a lot to be a lot to be said for that that stack. You know who else has been fantastic this year? Corey Oates. Mm. Who fucking saw this coming? Yeah, and he, he got re-signed. Very impressive. He yeah. has been a try-scoring machine. As far as ATSs go, making some money, Corey Oates has been my fucking boy. Mm-hmm. He has been very good, the old rolled Oates. Yeah, so I've loved him. Um, all right, boys, let's get into fullback. Um, the big ball's call for the rub down. Wooker, you had Kennedy 70-plus. What did he end up on? Oh, look, look he, had a, he had a 10 and a 2 in his average that... Yeah, take them out. They, they we'll cancel them. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he played shit. So you got you got a, you got a fifty one and was in, injured for half the season. So yeah, didn't yeah, that's a, that's a put a line through it. I'm wrong. Didn't work out, mate. Um, Dylan Edwards was my big call. Um, I remember saying nobody's fucking talking about Dylan Edwards. I you know, yeah. listened to podcasts, uh, you know, reading uh, social media pages for all the Supercoach content out there. No one was even touching this bloke. I couldn't believe it. I said he will be the best value play at fullback and he will go 60 plus. He has been fantastic. Yeah. No, he's he was he was my backup fullback for Latrell and Mother League, and yeah, he he fired all the way through. Yeah, and and I've heard you say this a million times, Guru. One of the most underrated players in the NRL. Yeah, he definitely is, and um, I I personally think he's he's going to be a little bit tested. You've had uh, obviously had Lachlan Miller. He's come in and played really well, and. Um, I still think Will Kennedy is the first choice fullback there, and so he should be. But competition's always good, and uh, you can tell he's competitive as fuck, Will Kennedy. So, uh, yeah, I've always been a big fan of him, and I think he's starting to get uh, the attention that he deserves now over the last probably two years. I love the way he plays um, when you watch him and you watch him closely. How often does he let the ball hit the green? Yep. Oh, like he's really. he's just teleports. Got, you almost he, can't see it. I mean, when you're talking about the fittest fucking blokes in the NRL, he'd have to be up there with Clint Gutherson. Mm. Right up there with him, 100%. Like a fit, fit boy. Um, all right, so Booms, we obviously had Will Kennedy. Guru, fucking what a call this is. Just unbelievable. How'd you pick this up? Ryan wow. Pappenhausen as your boom. Yeah. Like, it's it's uh, almost unheard of that a, that a player that would um, score, score that – Ryan Pappenhausen. The previous season. Wow. I mean, in saying that, <laughs> he was a top four for everyone, and, and you're saying what he's going to be a top one, or what? What, what's, what are we going on here? Well, in saying that, the year before he averaged seventy nine. Uh, this year, injury affected, uh, averaged ninety. So I, I, I guess that was my angle there. Um, I might have been pushing for him to go above Teddy. Maybe I, I'm not sure exactly what my. Uh, thinking was here. I think we need a bit more context on these boys because I, I refuse to believe I'm this much of a fucking idiot, to be honest with you. Nah, it's pretty bang on, bro. It's pretty accurate. Never, ne- never, never disagree with those sort of calls. Um, <laughs> no, he look, was. He, did, he, he was amazing, play, though. He did play 12 games, and if he had played the full season, um, it, a lot of comps would have played out a lot differently. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah what did so, he have? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, um, 100 plus games. Yeah, and he was like in that. Yeah, I think he had an average of about, oh, what was it, like nearly 100 um, before he got injured. So, yeah. Where are you taking him, Guru, next year? 
Oh, I don't know. He's a, top, he's a top three pick, isn't he? Oh, I want to have a really good chat to NRL physio before I take him top three. <laughs> <laughs> that, trust trust me, we're, we're both doing the how, same. How agile can you be with an absolutely obliterated patella? Oh, I'm going to have to wine, dine, and 69, Brian, the NRL physio. I, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. My, um, I haven't actually mentioned it yet, but my comp, where uh, the guy that won it this year, he gets to pick the challenges for next year, and he's he's actually sh- shaken up a little bit. Um, he, he's an older fellow, so he's not as keen to do the challenges on the day and everything. So what we're doing is a uh, a sweeps for Melbourne Cup, and you've all got your horse, but I believe the way it's going to play it is that you don't tell each other which horse you've got. So you'll have an idea of where you're going to pick your pick, but no one else will oh, outside. So it'll be interesting. But surely I, someone, yeah. like the commission has to know. Well, I mean, it all goes into a hat. You all pick a, a horse out. I mean, does anyone have to know? Well, whoever sets the look. Oh, well, you do, you do an off, offline draft, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the difference. So yeah, I think that I, I I like that idea, especially you know as you guys would know, fucking as blokes get older and stuff, like it's harder to get everyone. It's hard to get everyone in the same place at the same time, especially yes. when there's fourteen of you. So I, I don't mind the idea, but um, I can't remember why I told that story. There was some relevance to what we were talking about, but I've got no idea. Ryan Pappenhausen. Ryan Pappenhausen. <laughs> yes, I mean, so that that he's a guy that if I was. One, two, or three, I'd be finding out as much information as I possibly could from physio about that. Um, yeah, it just worries well, you'd, me. A you'd, bit. Be, you'd be laughing if he slipped up past five. It, isn't it crazy with a guy like him? Like, if, if I took him third, I'd be a little bit nervous. But if I had him six, I would be doing fucking backflips, you know? But how about, how about this? He, he averages 90 out of 12 games. He scored a 39 and a 34 and a 49. Walker, this won't fucking shock you, but I'm well and truly aware of what he did. <laughs> after after this oh, year, boys, it's sort of it's sort of changing my mind on where I want to draft. Like the the back end, sort of like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve around there seems to be more appealing to me these days. I mean, I look at the people who drafted Nathan Cleary, Ryan Pappenhausen, Turbo early on, and then had to wait you know, 20-plus picks until they picked again. It's mm. almost ruined their entire season, whereas guys that have picked, you know, Mad Dog and then picked Hines, hello. Oh, you're laughing, aren't you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? In saying that, mate, if it wasn't the year that it was with all the injuries, though, we're having a completely different conversation. Oh, 100%. We're saying if you don't have a top three pick, you're fucked. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I understand where you're your coming top, from. Your, your, top, the- your top average this season is... is- like 90, 80, 80 to 90 odd, whereas you're looking last season in the 120s. Like, it's yeah. a completely different season. Yeah, and as much as it completely fucked me this year, fuck, it was an unreal year for drafts as far as the guys that got injured and stuff to make it a good competition. It was mm. sensational. Oh, it's a big equaliser, wasn't it? Yeah, because we had we had one bloke in our, in our league who had Nathan Cleary, and his team was looking near unbeatable. And as soon as Nathan Cleary got suspended, we went, okay, it's anybody's game now. Mm, yeah. yeah. Which was so, fucking real good. Um, <laughs> all right. Where are we? We're up to busts. So we had Matt Dufty. This is interesting because we went head-to-head on this bloke. Uh, we had him as a bust, Matt Dufty. You had him as a sleeper. And we will chalk that down as a win for the rub. Yeah. 
One yep. for the good, one for the good guys. One for the good fellas, <laughs> no doubt. There, had to throw one your way eventually, boys. <laughs> and what? And the the reason why we had him as a bus is because we weren't. We because weren't, you had eyes. Well, yeah. Well, we weren't certain he was going to finish the year. That was that's that was the main yeah. worry. Um, it, when he's when he's on the field, he scores points, but we weren't one hundred percent certain he'd finish the season at fullback. Yeah. And um, look, another belter from you, Guru. Yeah, bust AJ Brimson. Yeah, um, I just didn't buy into the Gold Coast Titans in any way, shape, or form. Um, I wasn't feeling too bad about this call until the back end, but that's when it matters. Uh, and when it mattered the most, he was arguably the best player in the competition. So uh, have to wear that one. Not a great choice. I still wouldn't draft him round one next year, though. I just can't trust. I know you guys mentioned earlier, and you made good points. I just I cannot pick a first-round pick from a ball player from the fucking Gold Coast Titans. I that's can't. The- that's so, the big thing. That that's the big thing. And I mean And they it, haven't they haven't sorted out the hooker situation as well. It's a big it's a big catch twenty two because yes, he does play for the Titans who are a shit show, but if he plays in a better side, does he have to do everything that he does to get all these super coach points? I just I can't spend my life planning it around two PM fucking Sunday afternoon. I just can't <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> uh, oh, so good. Um and then sleepers, obviously you had Matt Dufty, you had some huge fail, and we had Dylan Edwards nailed it. Yeah. Dylan Edwards is a sleeper. Yep. Yeah, right. Well I, mate, people were DMing me saying they, they got Dylan Edwards like round ten. Yeah, wow, okay. Which is just fucking ludicrous. I mean, the guy in our league got him real late, I think round eight, which was crazy. I got, I, I got get this, in my other league, I got Dylan Edwards round 14. Fuck off. Round is that, 14. Is that that, um, that one you play and they're all children? They're all like eight <laughs> years old? <laughs> no, this is the cash con, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cute. All right, boys, we're going to finish it off with our man crush. This is our draft crush. The guys that we were big on, Guru, you had Ruben Cotter, Isaac Tungo, Matty Tomoko, um, Stags, and Ilias. Obviously happy with Cotter there, happy with Isaac Tungo. The other three, not so much. Yeah, the other three, um, mate, I, I, I wasn't completely off. Tomoko for for like for the the role that he played for me being a four CTW in a deep comp like mine I yeah. I wasn't stoked with him but he wasn't a train wreck for me Stags on the other side, other hand was a fucking train wreck oh he was the worst and mate he, Ilias like fuck he was so disappointing but I'm telling you if for where I drafted him and for not drafting any halfbacks and because he was dual position if he would have just averaged forty five I would have been happy with him but fucking thirty five. Was yeah. all, and I think he got better at the back end of the season after I dropped him. So his average was close to like twenty three when I dropped him. Um, so that's a big L for me trying to get it, mate. In fact, the only one of those players that I didn't draft was Cotter. Oof. Oh, that that hurts because he was so big on him. Yes, no, no, it, I know. Walk, I'm well aware. <laughs> How did that happen? How the fuck did that happen? Um, well, one of the other boys who uh, who I snaked it. I, I think he did it on purpose because yeah. he went he well went played. earlier than what I would have gone on him. Well played, so, but but still with Ruben Cotter, mate. Like there was still a lot of worry in that preseason about like everyone looks back and goes, oh yeah, like like you talked about it and it was an easy pick. But 
You didn't know what role he was going to play. You didn't know about injuries. There was still a lot well, going on. And even when he got, got injured with that hamstring, you didn't know when he was coming back, what sort of minutes he'd be getting. Yeah. His role had changed slightly. It was, yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty. Mate, yeah, it was a good pick. It was, yeah, kind of, fuck, wow, from the clouds. Um, and then for us, Wook, we had Connor Watson. We were so wow. fucking big on him, and that yeah. was a huge fail. We were huge on Sam Walker. Now, had a good season, but definitely didn't live up to the expectations that yeah. we had on him. And then the last three we nailed, we had Joey Manu, Nico Hines, and Mad Dog Munster. Yeah. Um, that, that the Mad Dog call was um, yeah we, we were waiting for the season where he, he really took ownership on the on on the side and yeah this was it. What about being a Mad Dog owner, right? And he's clicking along nicely, killing it, and then starts playing fullback. Oh, it, it's literally you rubbing the end on it. It's, <laughs> oh, um, fucking <laughs> it is, hell! It, is, oh. it doesn't get any better than that. Oh wow, yeah. Shooting, shooting laser bolts through the end of my penis. It yep. was, it was great. It was um, yeah. obviously. All right, boys, that's it. That is the rub review for 2022. Now, Guru, um, just want to thank you for all the support that you've given us throughout this season and the seasons before. Uh, and this is the last Super Coach podcast the rub will do this year. But I'm sure, come January, we will be dribbling on about all our fucking ranks and who we like and who we dislike getting plenty wrong again. You oh, talk and, and boys, and, and you know what? Plenty, plenty right, though. Come on. Yeah, of course. Well, like, that's what we'll do. We'll just throw a lot of shit up against the wall and then... Uh, but, uh, we'll- but, un- but unlike other podcasts, we, <laughs> talk, we, we talk about both. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Now, nah, thanks, Guru. You're an absolute legend, mate. No, I think I've thrown uh, every single teenager with you uh, at, at you that has a pulse and teeth tonight. So fingers crossed, <laughs> one of them comes good, <laughs> mate. There's some absolute blinders there. I've never heard of any of them, but they're in the black book. You'll know yeah. about them soon. Love I'll come it. around. Love it. That's what we got you on here for, mate. Thanks again, brother. You're Thank a legend, mate. Appreciate That's it. Right. All right, boys, let's get out of here. All right. That India. That's all.